No, I'm already. Well, the, I mean, the key, I haven't done acid in probably about the, the key is a some, year and a half. You, you gotta, you gotta get a lot of it, and then you have to microdose. Microdosing. Micro. We're advocating for microdosing in this fucking call. Get the fuck out. I'm kicking this Absolutely motherfucker not. from the VC. We macrodose only, exclusively yeah. Look, in this call. I don't think you get it. Well, I'm afraid. We are live right now, by the way. I, That's I the real issue. The I'm afraid to take enough. My biggest dose of LSD is two and a half hits. I have heard I should do five. I should double you should my first. I take first nine load. hits of acid. You gotta, you gotta be afraid. You gotta be a little bit afraid. Then once you're in it, you're like, man, this is where I always wanted to be. That's always what happens. But I do think everybody should probably just blow their fucking mind away with like a, a strip at some point. Yeah, I really want to try I'd love to, but I have five, to. I have to wait five, for yeah. my son to be at least old enough to not. You know, be shitting in Dipskis. Come on, you know, like I I was, I was doing that. I was doing that shit when they were doing that, and I was all like, "I love these little flame." I believe you, I believe you, flame. But personally, I would, I just, I like to take a little bit of stress off my wife. I am married to a Venezuelan Italian woman. Do you understand how difficult that is for me on a regular day? I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to tape and put any more. She works her ass off. My house is always clean. I always have food. Everything is perfect. She takes care of my son. I'm not putting any extra stress on her anytime. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Yeah, that that uh, I, nah. I did. I still. I still cook. I still cook for the family and all that shit when I'm on it. Actually, I like cooking. You cook the rich. I like the acid in the family dinner. Everybody. I, that's what I've <laughs> You just dose yeah. the family dinner. I well. I told y'all y'all people about me living in the tranny house, right? With the with the female to males. Yeah, you were a bunch with of the tranny female males. Time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a there was one other non tranny. I refuse to use the term cisgender to describe a normal human being. But he, he was a guy, and he loved acid. He loved LSD, right? Um, I actually stole quite a bit of LSD from him during uh, Hurricane Irma. I tried. I, I did uh, two and a half tabs then because um, I drank a whole bottle of Chianti and I wanted to sober up. So I was looking for his dabs and I ran across a tin strip of acid. Anyway, um, <laughs> he would always cook pork chops. Every time he did acid, he would cook pork chops. It was it was strange. Like every single time. He's Puerto Rican or something. No, he's Colombian. He's Colombian. Yeah, I do acid and I don't eat for the next 48 fucking hours. Yeah, I can't eat on the shit. I, well, I the first time I did it, somebody like my buddy was like, "I love acid because you can eat on it." I was like, "You can." Everything like, is so weird. Like I'm drinking water. Even the water is fucking weird. It's just yeah. weird. It's not it, bad. It, it, I'm drinking it. It was. It was like that one of my favorite for a while, and then like I, I'm at the point where like my body will tell me it's like you need to eat something, dude. You're weak. So, yeah, that's where that's where it is. Like when I was at my bachelor party, that's how it happened. My my homie fucking cooked some Bubba burgers, and I I was just like, thank you. I didn't even realize how bad I needed this, and we're like tripping at three thirty in the afternoon after we did a seven mile hike in an hour and a half. Yeah, and dude, like but, if, you fo- if you focus, like when you're I'm telling you, you could take focus. over Belize with seven motherfuckers on LSD <laughs> with the right time. <laughs> What? That's why it's illegal. We were gonna at my bachelor party. We were planning on taking over a power plant because it was polluting the sky. Like it was legit. There's legitimate light pollution, like crazy over there. And at first, I was like, "Why is the sky like that?" And shit started getting dark. And my buddy was like talking about how the world's a rage room, and he just started going, and you know, like. So we were really planning on taking the power plant. 
It's yeah. awesome. But one of my favorite one of my favorite times on acid was uh, I was watching this the show called uh, One Strange Rock and some gay Netflix shit with astronauts and Will Smith narrates, and I realized I was like, "Fuck, Will Smith is the genie. Will Smith is a fish. Will Smith." Our Will Smith's Will Smith. Will Smith is whatever we want him to be, right? I, you know? and my wife true. homemade a pizza. What the fuck we're talking, talking about? We're on the Will Smith posting. <laughs> West Philadelphia shot and killed. Did you see him slap his truck? Oh wow! The slap heard that around the world. Crazy. Wow! You Did you guys hear about Johnny about, Depp? Wow! I don't think anybody missed that one, dude. That, yeah, I, think that's, I, heard he I honestly think someone. the slap. I think the slap is less interesting than the fact that his whole family is like weird Scientologists, and oh, he's like off in of India right now. In my balls slapping against my thigh. They're on some yeah, weird looking spiritual Scientology shit with each other. It doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't oh, matter. It they're they're, 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 yeah, they're rich people, bro. It, oh, they're just God. rich people. Alright, alright. Settle it. Worst celebrity marriage like in, in existence. I fucking hate it. They don't matter. They just make millions of dollars. I know it doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm just saying that I fucking hate it. Because every time you see the female, what's her name? Fucking Jada. Jada Plinkett Smith. Set it off. Jada Pinkett. I think about that. I'm like, where is this coming from? It's coming from their weird new age metaphysical Hollywood well, yeah, psychology. They're, they're like, like, well, every, like everything but not real Scientologist. Everything is a ritual. Oh, no, it's all everything they do. Go away. Because they're pedophiles. Uh, so they're not because they're pedophiles. Like, pedophiles more of a symptom of it. Do you remember when the kid I forget the name of the kid, but uh he Jaden, right? He Jayden. went he went he went viral because he said like something like if our eyes aren't real How can if, mirrors be real if our we, eyes can, aren't or some shit right. like that? Yeah, how can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? Oh right. Yeah, he went he went viral for that and uh you know I commend him for, for opening people up to that kind of metaphysical uh thinking. What? Uh, <laughs> I, can't I totally you agree with fucking retarded. Jaden Smith, you mean the one who wore the, the ivory Batman outfit? The, the yeah. little boy that wears girls' clothes, yes. That one. That's yes, he loves See he's already like, he's already creating a, the, her, the alchemical hermaphroditic you know, ascended oh, no. being. I'm gonna not good. I'm gonna word this as YouTube friendly as possible, and and the Yakov, please start cutting me off if I if I go too far, right? But I feel like the the ones who do have power, the powers that be, right? Have I? I've always said this: said that the black man, the black people, are based if if left be like you the, know, what you guys the real were talking fascists about. I heard one time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've I, seen I, that one black Nazi, right? He's like like super black separatist, but where's all the Nazi shit? Like it was like five <laughs> years ago, he was going around. But that's neither here nor there. I don't think Nazism is actually cool. I think they're pretty gay. Um, like literally, like like literally dick and butt gay. But that's neither here nor there. Um, the blacks are pretty based if you leave them to their own shit. Not in Africa, but like the American blacks. And I'm talking about the blacks here. I'm talking about like African Americans. You pretty don't think if we left them in Africa, they they wouldn't be more based? Is that 
the, I think if the African African Americans in Africa, <laughs> I think they would take over. I think that would That's be the scariest thing for the African Genuinely, if you if if you shipped a bunch of dudes from the hood over to fucking one of these places that are already ran by warlords, they're gonna run the shit. They already run fucking fully know, developed Liberia. cities that are under Liberia. actual under actual government, like Liberia. under actual bureaucracy. Yeah, they're the, they're gonna the, go out there and get real tribal there. real quick. The, but I think like the, like black people are one at a time, you retards. Senor, someone can cut him off as long as it's one person. Have really made them effeminate, and it's what Dave Chappelle. It's why Dave Chappelle's been so pushed back against because he said ten years ago they tried to make him put on a dress and he wouldn't do it, and that's why he turned down the money. And they said he went crazy and went to Africa, and he's like, "Why would I go to a crazy house in Africa? That makes no sense. I just went to Africa because that's where my people are from. I'm just black." Why, why would <laughs> Dave Chappelle? Why you, would Dave Chappelle take over Liberia? That's a weird rabbit hole. The, the whole rabbit hole of uh, black blacks entertainers and celebrities. That, uh, that well, that that goes right back to feminize like, themselves. It goes like, right back to major black actor has put been put in a dress at some point. Wesley Snipes, except Dave Chappelle. But this is this uh, is exactly what I was cool. saying when I was saying that that everything is a fucking ritual to these people. Like that's the same yeah, shit. Yeah. That's yeah. still you another to, ritual. Yeah, it's like the painting of Bill Clinton in a dress. Like the painting of Bill Clinton in a dress was obviously ritualistic that, that, that's like memory, memory right down the memory hole right jeffrey epstein had that painting of uh yeah it's so weird and then and then hold up hold up hold greasy jenga towers down yeah he's like playing with fucking towers falling over and he's got paper airplane right into the memory hole yeah i don't i get that on a t yeah no I don't think it's actually that weird to have a painting of Bill Clinton in a dress. Honestly, like for some Why reason not? that just seems it is pretty funny. It's, it's yeah, funny. it's pretty funny. No, like if I if I so. found a like let's say I was at like a flea market or like a garage sale and I saw a picture of Bill Clinton <laughs> in a purple dress or a blue dress or whatever, it. I'd buy it for five bucks or whatever. Five. I don't think that's what happened with Jeffrey Epstein, but I'm you saying like in that. certain circumstances it can be acceptable. In, <laughs> You know, like, it should be more. You came over to, like, I would more... hope that if you went over to your buddy's house, right? Like, if you went over to your, your pal's house and, and he had a, a painting that was similar to the Jeffrey Epstein painting of, of Bill Clinton, you wouldn't immediately think he's part of the cabal. I would hope, you know, like, he's just some guy who deals weed or whatever. No, but, like, I politicians Epstein, in dresses could be funny in some in some fashion if it didn't, if it wasn't directly tied to pedophilia. I don't even know how that all that shit works. Got all these artists. Oh, who is that stuff? another <laughs> fucking Abramovich thing? What? Where did these paintings even come from? Yeah, the spirit cooking bitch. Yeah, yeah. The spirit cooking the thing. Serbian, uh, Serbian, certain yeah. ethnicity. Oh, got how it is? How it is with the paintings? How it is with the paintings? Is like basically, if you're a rich person, you commission artists to paint things that you like. So if you're a super weirdo rich person, you get a bunch of super weirdo artists and give them a fuck ton of money and have parties. Yeah. Bill Clinton didn't technically have to be involved. Art. Was this shit tied to to the spirit cooking shit, or is this a totally separate that's, instance? That's Marina sure Abramovich's so. ammo. I don't know how we even got to this picture. fucking topic. New spirit cooking next. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah. The, should I put on the 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 painting of uh, George Bush yeah. playing with Pull airplanes? Yeah, oh, I'm sweaty boys. That is yeah, Monica Lewinsky's room. dress, right? That's dick. that's the bit in that. In that that is the Lewinsky dress. Yeah, yeah. you're right. 
That's funny. Right. That it's actual it is funny. There, which was it was she her dress was like a piece of evidence in the in the court trial. It like, come on. Consumer audience doesn't remember that. Come the CIA on. CIA came on it. DNA on it. She was like, it's toothpaste. <laughs> See, they, Nick Nick Fuentes got oh his God. ideas from somebody else. You know, he knew. Like, look, we can find it. It's there. There's where do you think? Where do you think George? We know where where Bill Clinton was hiding the calm. Where did George Bush put his calm? I bet. It's, it's, I bet. Michelle Obama. Do you right? think? Do you think that's Wait, George why? H that's or why George they, W. That's why they had to ship out the the wreckage of the, the twin towers because it, it was covered in evidence of his DNA. Yeah. Well, yeah, you saw something like tried, Alex right? Jones claims. They uh, they all like, line up and have to drill each other in the ass. Apparently, boys. Yeah, to... yeah. They have to they have to fuck each other in the butt with the head guy being the end where he's getting fucked in the butt the most. From what I gathered, like the head guy is at the, like the the front. Should I say not the end? He's not fucking everybody. He's the one getting fucked by everybody. It's like a PF two conga line in here. And it's like his second is the one in the back. I'm pretty sure is how that works. It's a weird system. I don't understand why it works like that. <laughs> I mean, in, you know why, OTOA, but you don't understand it, it right? Way, but uh, I won't tell you about that. Sweet. It's a, it's an accelerationist viewpoint, really. You know, you you make yes. the world as debaucherous as possible. You make your world debaucherous as possible, and if you're the ones in power, then that manifests into the power that you hold. Mm. It just turns it, it corrupts it Dark from, you know, inherently. Period. <laughs> Trying to program us all with their sadistic magic and their their lust for the blood of children. Sarin gas, Taven yeah. needles, Taven needles. Sadistic, sadistic, you mentioned sadistic. Something that I always remember from the Epstein uh, trial is uh, there was there was a female reporter who went to his office in Manhattan, and she she noted that when she went to visit him for her interview, that he had just casually had a copy of uh, Marquis de Sade on the coffee table, yes. just hanging out there for for anybody to to read it, you know. If they go, if they go to visit him that? and hang hang out in his office, Marquis de Sade, uh, he was a yeah. French guy who wrote books, and that's where the word sadism comes from. Mm. Oh yeah, that weirdo. Yeah, he was. He's like a a, though, yeah, oddly. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. 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 So he was just kind of had that book hanging out for people to check out while while they were visiting. Well, it's a coffee table as, book, as one as one does. Yeah, as one does. Yeah, that's, I that's back one out. of those things. Like how how could these people not be into that? Like we know we know they're into like weird shit, weird rituals. Like we've seen the Bohemian Grove tapes. We've heard Nixon say that that it was like the gayest thing he'd ever seen. We've heard all of these <laughs> that's stories. The base but then, thing and Nixon then it's like, ever did. Yeah, then you you were into like the sadism thing, and it's like these are people who literally had like a a replica temple, Solomon's temple on an island. When that yeah. temple was used for fucking sacrifices, not human sacrifices, but these people are twisted, and we know they're doing sex, weird sex, sex rituals. Magic. Oh yeah, dude, that's a type of sacrifice. No, so it's like. We 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 know how horrible they're they're being to like these kids that we know that they're fucking kidnapping. You know, essentially, yeah. Like oh, it, it is sadistic the shit. The most sadistic stories yeah. you hear like are probably well, like I, right in. Trying to remember what was the case where the kids were being like smuggled through the tunnels? What was that? I was just yeah. looking at listening to something about that the other day. Yeah. You know, they, 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 I saw, they, they, they showed an FBI report in this, in this, uh, 
in this presentation that Ted Gunderson was doing. You guys might have seen that guy before before he, uh, he died. He was the head of the police in L.A. for a while, yeah. Yeah, the FBI division in L.A., and he does a lot of really good presentations on this stuff. And he showed a page from the FBI, you know, a notarized page, that they did find tunnels underneath the elementary school where these kids were reporting satanic ritual yeah, abuse. I forget. Well. We're, we're going all over the place, and I forget exactly yeah. which school this was. But I, I know Franklin. that there, there were tunnels underneath. Yeah, was this Franklin... I know there were, there were multiple schools. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Franklin. But this Franklin one was a whole different thing. This Franklin one, was a different thing. It, it had the tunnels underneath, and it had evidence of, like, like voodoo-style rituals, like animal bones and fucking... Yeah. Uh, You're talking about like the Franklin affair, but shit. they said it's not they, related there to were, school. There were fucking, like, there was, like, dirty underwear laying around there. And then they came and fucking, like, the feds demolished it before the state could come in and, and investigate. But all of this shit is documented. And yeah. it's it's similar to the finders thing, and you think there's there's got to be connections to that, like the the yeah. the cult that was taking kids into Mexico to the smart kids school, and the kids were all dirty. They didn't know what like uh, like modern conveniences were. The Peter Wood thing on 4chan has always been my favorite rabbit hole. If you guys have probably seen the threads before, if you're like old friends, but uh, you know when people when people hit me up and they talk about you know Pizzagate and Epstein and stuff like this and like. This goes back so much further that than was... whenever I've seen thing happen. Late late 2010. Yeah, early they were talking about Epstein. This goes back, we have it. We have it documented at least like the 80s with the Franklin thing. Well, in, with uh, the the in finders the was was in the late 80s, and those motherfuckers were caught with all sorts of internet equipment in the late yeah. 80s. Chinese stuff. So yeah, like early. Right. People, That's weird China. because yeah, the internet in the late 80s. The was DARPA shit. Only the government had it essentially. And, yeah, the military. Well, no, yeah. well, their rich people did have it because it was the the proper internet. I believe went live around 86. Like there was still an intranet, and then like the the weird like forum type intranets that were like they were like premium. They were like premium internets, but they were like private. It was like running through a VPN or like you know. The mafia um, adopts this stuff. The new technology first well yeah that's how the silk road kind of was but like it was just ran by a nerd who was getting extorted all over the place so like yeah like anybody who's into crime is gonna tack on to the way to make money as quickly as possible you hear about you hear about like tunnels between fucking uh mexico and america that that illegals are using to cross and it's like how many children how many children get lost along the way going through there yeah, and that's which way are they going? Yeah. Like, are they only coming here? You know, like that's you know, like nobody actually thinks about when, when how they these, do bring this how, up. Who runs these tunnels? Do you think it's just drug lords? Dude, when they do like, bring it up, sense. though, they they only use it as like the face value, like illegals, like divisive, you know, just just the fucking yeah. mainstream issues in politics. They use it for that shit, like, and never never letting you fucking wonder like what's actually going well, on there. Yeah. I've, I've heard like like I've heard like like the Oprah Winfrey connection to like the girls in Africa missing. Oh yeah, shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Oprah Oprah Winfrey is yeah. is just like Bill Gates. She's she's whack Bill Gates. Beyonce said that was going to be her. No, it's been Oprah. Yeah. She has the own network, Oprah Winfrey Network. Own yeah. that bitch owns, and that's why she was oh, the one see. grilling Dave Chappelle. She was like she was like you turned down si-, and it was six million dollars. I'm almost certain it was six million dollars, which is just funny. But you turned down six million dollars and went to Africa. Like it was just the most absurd thing to turn down money over morals to Oprah Winfrey. 
And that's why she's well, never course. had kids, and she's never married that Stedman guy who she just drains his life energy. He's he's got to be ninety years old, and she's still <laughs> draining his life somehow. And she'll like she'll eat him, and she'll I get fat, and then she'll fucking like go and expel that <laughs> into like Doctor Phil or Doctor Oz or whichever fucking next <laughs> snake Phil's oil salesman. Yeah, Doctor Phil is a pedophile. I've yeah. said this a thousand times. Yeah. And he's got some weird jobs. Like, you think my audience house? is a bunch of hoes? <laughs> like you bring some Dr. Phil Posty. I'm fucking, I'm reeling this in right the fuck now. What the fuck do I got? Let's get into some shit. Russian <laughs> farmer unearths the remains of a 2,000-year-old nomadic royal buried alongside a quote-unquote laughing man. A farmer who was, who was excavating his land discovered something unexpected, a 2,000-year-old mound containing the remains and artifacts of a nomadic chief, including the strange skull of a laughing man. Stunning gold and silver jewelry, weapons, valuables, and artifacts of everyday life were found next to the chief's skeleton in a grave near the Caspian Sea in southern Russia. Rustam Murayev, a local farmer, made an unusual sound with his shovel, and it turned out that he struck an ancient bronze pot near the village of Nikoslikodok. I can't say, I don't know how to say this shit. You fucking nailed it, brother. No. <laughs> In Astrakhan region. A farmer, the farmer digging the pit, unearthed that motherfucker. So, how would you feel if you were some king and some drunken fucking peasant in Russia unearthed your ass and fucking woke you up from your 2,000 year slumber? I mean, it depends if he's my. I had this. I'm sorry. Get it in. Whatever. Go, 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 go. Yeah, you go first. Yeah. One person talk. Oh, I was going to say, it's funny you think of that. I would think of myself as the peasant unearthing (laughs) the king. (laughs) I I think it would be awesome to unearth a king as a peasant. What would you do with him, though? Would you, like, call a museum or would you try to sell him on the black market or you just, like, stuff him (laughs) in your living room? I'd be killing your freaking house. That's why you find corpses, right? Isn't that the whole point? What? I mean, I would would It's like Guantanamo. Or not Guantanamo. What was that other U.S. prison? I don't know. Fucking, where they just stack bodies on each other. It's like that. You take the guy and you just do dehumanizing de- shit to him. I mean, like, <laughs> like it depends. No. If, if it was from the king's perspective, it depends on like a. Like I would who teabag the king. Teabag him. <laughs> the, no. God, I wish I had the picture up. His, his mouth is wide open like this. <laughs> So you yeah, fucking... bag <laughs> gonna if wake you up after two thousand years just to fucking bite your yeah. dick off. Yeah, no, he set himself up at that point, really. <laughs> <laughs> if he died like that, that's like, what what that they call him the laughing up. man, but really he's the tea bagged man. Yeah, you said you were on the wrong side of that. You the wrong side you of history, man, Your Honor, Honor King. The uh, but like yeah, if it was, I mean, like the Russians are like R one A Hapla group, and so are the Scythians. So I mean, maybe he's okay with being unearthed by a descendant. Well, let's go a little further into this. He took it to the Astrakhan Historical Museum for analysis and expert opinion on the find. As soon as the snow came off, we organized an expedition to the village, says museum researcher Georgi Stukalov. After examining the burial, we we realized that it was a royal mound, one of the places where the ancient nomads buried their nobility. The burial is believed to belong to a leader of the Samaritan... Sarmatian. Sarmatian. 
a yeah, tribe. Sarmatian. Sarmatian nomadic tribe that dominated this part of Russia until the 5th century AD, and other dignitaries of the ancient world, including a laughing young man with an artificially deformed egg-shaped skull. And excellent teeth Ooh. that have survived two millennia. So they're Nephilim. doing the whole Nephilim. They're LARPing, really. They're LARPing as Nephilim. <laughs> they said it was artificial. I'll believe it. I, every I every weird shaped head is because somebody did it intentionally. Yeah. I mean, you could give like a person a head, but... Yeah, but those but are I just think, in nature. I think there was an intentional egg shapedness just to like mimic that's yeah, just the fashion at that's, the time you can't you gotta and cut for, that part of the meat off uh, or maybe they're just like, like you you egg shape your head to look like a nephilim like aliens. that's what i'm for saying the, they're larping dude well shit uh, yeah we for reference like you know the sarmatians and scythians are the basically the same people although uh like a lot of the polish nobility Claim to be of Sarmatian descent. So, so Stukalov says. What do you think? We've what been, do you think, Flame? Oh, we've been digging. What What does Flame think? <laughs> I thought he was starting something earlier. Um, well, I, I was saying like, uh, there's like theories that they were copying like some sort of like uh, alien or interdimensional being that uh, they encountered. We know that. There is- there is no such thing as an alien. They're all demons. <laughs> yeah, immaterial Valiant beings. Thor. Their bodies. Oh, that's why I say all native people are demons. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Specifically, interdimensional makes sense. Just like you. Mean. That's what I call Mexicans. That's how I got here. <laughs> we- We've been digging for 12 days now and have found many gold ornaments decorated with turquoise and inlays of lapis lazuli and glass, Stukalov says. The most significant find is considered to be a male skeleton buried inside a wooden coffin. This chief's head was elevated as if he were resting on a pillow, and he was wearing a cloak decorated with gold plaques. Archaeologists found his collection of knives, goldware, a small mirror, and various pots, including indicative obviously indicative of his elite status. They collected a belt buckle of gold and turquoise and the chief's dagger, as well as a tiny gold horse head that was buried between his legs and other intricate jewelry. That's that's what I call my cock, my fucking stallion, my steed. How much of the stuff do you think that uh, the people who are digging it up planted in order to make more money? Not saying that happens like now, but that has to be a factor. You don't... Like they like throw like some like dagger in the ground or oh you, I know see, you gotta say you that see, with a lot a soft of the stuff is made out of bronze a lot of the stuff is made out of bronze so it doesn't bronze right. does not corrode right. like iron does yeah oh dude we got, we got burrito therapy the watching on Twitch I appreciate that greatly nobody's ever seen this on Twitch bonkers in the mm-hmm. chat what up bro why was it the fashion is what we ask why were bronze weapons and eggheads the fashion. You see, bronze was the easiest to make at the time because bronze swords could be cast, whereas uh, iron could not be cast, or at least you couldn't cast a very long iron sword. Yeah, and if this brittle. was a real Nephilim, he yes. would have known how to make iron. Yeah, so right, so they true. would use bronze. That's and then, and then uh, 
Yeah. When like metal working got more That's advanced. That's how they, but, yeah, they got metal. But Yakov, yeah. you say that, but what about the Nephilim that were harassing the Native Americans in the United States? It, I don't see. Oh, any the red guys, dude. The Native Americans Double are the ones teeth. harassing the Nephilim. Don't fucking change it this narrative go. on me. Well, like, they chased them all into a cave and they lit a fire outside. They smoked them all out and they died from too much uh, Delta 8. Delta 8. Delta 8. But what about the, didn't Delta the guy eight. who came out of the cave in Afghanistan have like a bronze spear? Or something? Yeah, yeah and he giant like Yeah, I think that's yeah. a bullshit story. Every time it's brought up, I fucking say I mean, that. either way, yeah, I, didn't they emphasize bronze, like a Yes, well, because that weapon. it does lead right into the Nephilim thing, the whole fucking like uh, smelting. Ron the the, well, the, in the, the book of Enoch, the book of Enoch says uh, yeah. that the fallen angels gave that knowledge to man. It does. The government of Iran, the government of Iran, have a prerogative to spread disinformation. So. I wouldn't right, trust yeah. any stories about red-haired people coming out of the Middle East. It's Maybe. not even in. It didn't even take place in Iran. Oh, it's what, what did I Afghanistan. Kandahar province of Afghanistan. Yeah, but that's not far from Iran, right? Look, dude, I'm not breaking out a fucking map for this one. It ain't worth it. Take you. Take your prerogative and frig off back to Canada. Prerogative. I can't. It's, it's I've got some Scythian <laughs> artifacts. I've got red hair. Mostly on my Prerogative. 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 Dude, you got two fucking poles in the call right now, and you're fucking out here talking about pierogies, dude. I'm starving. You ever had the ones that are like the, the ones with the mushroom and cheese in them? And I mean, those are fucking good. I'm a sauerkraut, dude. Oh, yeah, they did. Don't too. get me started. Yeah. Mm. I love your pickled. Everything pickled I for do. You can pickle, pickle anything and I'll pickle eat sausage. it. You're not just vegan, but you only eat pickled things, that's right? I, I, that's But that's just like what comes out of being Polish. What about fermented? Yeah. Fermented tea. Sure, why I mean, that's what sounds pickled, expensive. That's what pickled mean. If I'm thinking fermented tea, I'm thinking kombucha, and that's not what you're talking about. Yeah, I was thinking about kombucha. That's a possibility. Well, Kombucha's dank. Kombucha's dank. It's just expensive. Unless you go, unless you're make, make it. Like, till I remember at the like the high V near me, they had like like the biggest yuppie area. They had like uh, kombucha like taps where you could fill up your like fucking kombucha like growler. Okay. A big hat with like That's cup expensive. holders in it and like, like straws. <laughs> I want to slam my head into like the the two barrels that that fucking dispensed them. I just wanted to slam my head into it till it was like bloody. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> nice. And then they'd walk up on me, and I'd just be like, "I love kombucha, dude." <laughs> <laughs> slam my head into it again. Just keep bleeding all over it. Anyway. So let's move on to the next story of a fucking burial mound. The suburban horror of the Indian burial ground. In the 70s and 80s, homeowners were terrified by the idea that they didn't own the land they just bought. America is not a young land. William S. Burroughs writes in Naked Lunch. Why the fuck gives a fuck? You serious? Is that how this starts? I almost want to call off this entire fucking thing. Let's, well, let's just skip the first couple of paragraphs. I'm not doing yeah. it. Be wary of the native burial ground, for no warns us, for life still moves there. 
if for for no th- these lands were mystical and sacred in the 70s this idea turned malevolent becoming the foundation of a series of heart what is this article is this something you gave me Polak, like weeks ago uh, probably sick of reading this shit i thought this was gonna be about like bigfoot or something I thought it was good. I, like, I thought it was all right. We, we got the show quest. Calling this one off. I don't want to read this fucking article. <laughs> it goes, it talks about fucking Stephen King till the last fucking paragraph. I'm not doing okay, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen, King, Stephen King's a freaking weirdo. He's like Dr. Phil level. I hate that guy. Yep. Local lore. <laughs> Kentucky cryptid researcher wonders if mysterious structures could be Bigfoot graves. Now that's more like it, baby. Yeah, now I found that one. That, one. that one's fun. Yeah, that one's Hell fun. yeah. The growing list of evidence composed of footprints and curious mounds and stick structures made the local investigator ask whether Kentucky's Bigfoot bury their dead. Could large mounds in southeastern Kentucky be the graves of dead Bigfoot monsters? That's what Tom Markham, the founder of the Crypto Crew, a cryptozoology and paranormal research group based in Kentucky and the author of Understanding Bigfoot, Helpful Information and Answers to Common Questions, wants to know. In early December, he wondered on his Crypto Crew blog whether or not large mounds found in the woods of Bell and Harlan counties in Kentucky could be the grave sites for the famed cryptid. Bigfoot grave sites, he said, may be the reason why no one has ever reported finding Bigfoot skeletons. One of the reasons why we may not find Bigfoot bones often is that they bury their dead, he wrote. There are several very credible researchers I spoke with on the subject. Markham describes the sites as two large mounds of dirt and rocks about 30 to 40 feet apart located deep in the woods of Kentucky. This is in an area where I have had several Bigfoot encounters and found many tracks. Now, of course, I have no idea if these are really graves or just odd humps of dirt in the ground. It could be nothing more than a natural formation or something a person did a long time ago. I have not and would not dig into them, but I am confident that Bigfoot does bury their dead. In an, e- in an email interview, Markham said he's had many sightings of Bigfoot activity in the area. He's been researching Bigfoot for more than 20 years and has seen Bigfoot many times. I've seen it on several occasions. I've seen it on several occasions, he said. <laughs> Christian. But they are not dumb animals, but very intelligent beings and have language. Hmm. Over the years, I've had many things happen, spoken with thousands of witnesses, found a lot of evidence of these forest people. Markham said that one of the misconceptions was that Bigfoot was only in certain parts of the the country, like the Pacific Northwest. He's had plenty of sightings of Bigfoot in Kentucky, he said, starting when he was a teenager. Alright, I want to stop here for a second. First of all, the idea of Bigfoot burying their dead, that's not too far off, really. Um, It's Native Americans. Yeah, we have lots of stories of, like, giants in mounds. And then you have ideas that Bigfoot is, uh, like, part human. Or, like, has the same DNA. And I don't know if, like, giants would have the same DNA as us, but, like, I don't know. There's, I feel like there's got to be a connection there somehow, especially when you look at, like, South like American skulls and shit. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. When you see, like, South American skulls, you have, they have the red hair. They're gigantic. The, I found the, crystal people. The bones are far more robust. I found, I found crystal people on RimWorld, so... Yeah. The King, that that was a horrible fucking movie. You remember that? Indiana Jones. The fucking... I don't know anything about it. <laughs> uh, so, what about Bigfoot being in other places other than the Pacific Northwest? Like, I, a lot of people, you know, I've, like, talked to uh, Bigfoot people in, like, Jersey. Like, BFRO members and shit like that. Yeah. And they always say, like, if Bigfoot can live in the Pacific Northwest, like, why not here in the Pine Barrens or whatever? And it's, and well, it's like... Say... I was gonna say they say there's a like a Bigfoot in the Ozarks. 
I mean, they say it everywhere. Power. They say it in, in many other countries. Right. Yep. Like Russia has one. Yeah. Yeah. So that one where, remember the one where it like, like abducted and where the, the woods are. Like, yeah. They live. Well, it makes you wonder, like you have a couple options here. Like, is this one creature that is native to many places? Is this many subspecies? Is it something interdimensional? And that's why you see them all over the world. Just like bears, but okay, you got to stop smacking your yeah. lips into your microphone. <laughs> stop doing that. It's gross. <laughs> talking to okay <laughs> was i doing it no my first encounter happened when i was 15 years old he said my father and i were coon hunting and we had some something pace us on the side <laughs> of the mountain our dogs were terrified <laughs> and so were we at the time i didn't know or understand what pace what was pacing us but years later i'd figure it out in 2013 he said not only that he got a clearer view that he he not only got he said he not only got a clearer view of Bigfoot. That's a weird sentence. <laughs> it was a cold and snowy day, he said. We had got about two to three inches of wet snow. We live in a very heavily wooded area with forest in front and behind our house. I looked out the window and saw this very large, I'd guess around ten foot tall, black haired creature walking on side the mountain. I was maybe one hundred yards away with a clear view. This very large black figure Black figure stepped in. <laughs> Fucking hold my tongue here. This very large black figure stepped in between two large trees, moved off to the right and up a small ravine. Recently, Expedition Bigfoot, a Bigfoot investigation show on the Discovery Channel, spent time in the same the same area looking for evidence of Bigfoot. In season two of the series, they found numerous accounts from residents about mysterious sights and sounds. One of those witnesses, Tracy Turner, a pastor and former employee of the, of the Kentucky State Police, produced audio recordings of what he heard. Okay, what I want is more scat stories. I want to find more scat. I think the scat might be the key. I think I'm a scat man. Skiba dooba diba baba beboop bop. Didn't the guy in Alaska say like there was a Bigfoot that like shat in their porter potty or something? Oh, hell yeah, dude. He was flexing. Yeah. He was flexing hard yeah. on him. That thing was. Yeah. It says it was the size of a, a six pack of beer or something. Yeah. I don't know exactly yeah. what that means. Like lengthwise. On his turd? Yeah, his Yeah. Bigfoot been eating too much kratom. And now he you have he, you have audio recordings. He pooped, he pooped dude. Beer can by <laughs> his turds, right? Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> just launches him out his asshole at you. <laughs> That's how he throws the rocks. So now we've they've produced audio recordings of what he heard. Did he hear the Bigfoot pooping? Give me that audio. We need that now. <laughs> He's eating a lot of kratom. There's not a lot. I mean, he's good. Once it actually happens, it happens. You know what I'm saying? I forget what kratom does to my bowels. <laughs> it does only good things. You will you'll be glad you've been taking it for weeks straight. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm giant. having bad memories. I think I'm having we'll flashbacks giant, now. You take a giant black turd that's like <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you take a picture of it and you post it on Twitter. Ah, there we go. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, Al Alex remembers the biggest scat he'd ever seen. No doubt. We got fucking Jake in the chat. Tidez. Tidez be out here. Very large black figure. 
sounds like Shaquille O'Neal. That's the <laughs> nicest way to put it. Yeah. The worst yeah. thing about being a construction worker is when you take a monster dump in a porter potty and it just disappears. It's gone. Yeah, you. you can never recover yeah, you that. Don't even look at it, dude. I'm so curious. <laughs> I'm no, so well, that was, that was, that was like. the worst part of the gathering of the juggalos. You're in the part in the porta potty and you're like, okay, dude, I've been like I've been living off of like like boiled peanuts and ketamine for three days. I can't wait to check this dump out. But then it's lost amid all the juggalo poop and you don't know which one's yours. Well it's one thing they use porta potty and it just stacks, but like when it for me they clean it and we have so many that like it disappears in the blue and I'm like pissed. Because I'm like, oh, dude, that was wicked. It's like it I never happened, it, dude. It picked the porta potty, but I can't even look at it. Lost. You know, like what I'm tears in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> like like turds into the blue. <laughs> like turds. That's gonna become a new. That's gonna become a new saying. <laughs> coined a new phrase. All right. Turds in the blue. More TV show talk. The investigators returned to the area and found what they believe is primate DNA, possible evidence Bigfoot lives in southeastern Kentucky. According to Markham, it should come as no surprise that Bigfoot has chosen the bluegrass state to live in. The area is not subject to extreme cold temperatures, he said. There is an abundance of food and water sources. There are plenty of natural caves and old coal mines for shelter. I have researched extensively in in Harlan County, and it is prime area for Bigfoot. Kentucky in general has long been a hotspot for Bigfoot sightings and encounters. Since posing his question, Markham has gotten some heat over whether or not the mound he photographed were the photographed mounds were Bigfoots. But he said he never said they were. He just posed the question, could they be? I have spoken with many witnesses and researchers, and the general consensus is that Bigfoot buried their dead, he said. If a Bigfoot gravesite could be found and dug up, it probably wouldn't change a whole lot within the cryptic community. Uh, <laughs> most who have had a genuine interest in the subject already understand there's plenty of evidence confirming the creature is more than just a myth. So, it sounds like this guy didn't find fucking anything, and there's not actually That's any right. pictures of mounds in the article. That However, sounds like he's full of shit. Yeah. He, no, he right. This guy's He's sure. absolutely right, but he's also full of shit. Because he ain't got nothing. Those Those burial mounds are ancient, from ancient human beings that used to live in that place, and not hairy ape human being hybrids they were uh, they were palladians and they i were, remote they were, viewed i know they were here to teach us about how to make uh uh baskets you know probably. Human- this is why the cia had to learn to remote view so they could watch bigfoot shit yeah <laughs> and then they didn't want valiant thor learning about what they actually put in mountain dew brominated vegetable oil is not good for you guys I fucking hate valiant thor wish we could just deport him back to venus <laughs> Fucking can't Valiant stand Thor. that guy, dude. Guy. Yeah. Piece of Get trash. rid of him. Send him back. <laughs> what so about I... any uh what about any Palladian ladies? Mm, they can stay. Only the women. <laughs> the men are too threatening to me. I don't know what they'd be. I don't know why I don't want to know. I just want the women. 
So I was thinking about how we would do content at the Gathering of the Juggalos. Like, I want to do a podcast live from the Gathering. And it's doable. Like, we get fucking, like, phone service. I know, but we didn't have the shit to do it. We didn't have the setup. Dude, I have my whole laptop in, like, a Wi-Fi. I know. I could have set that shit up right there. With the fucking generators blaring and all the other sound, it would not have worked. (laughs) Now, what I'm thinking is we get some fucking bullhorns. We get a couple bullhorns that we fucking pass around that way you can't miss it'll sound like shit but you won't be able to fucking miss it I'm trying to think of when just... you guys called me when you called me i heard everything you guys were saying like through the phone on the phone that's the right. thing. that's what i'm saying you can't do like a podcast with a bunch of people on a phone stream from the awesome gathering part. i can stream from the gathering that's fine we can't do a podcast get the bullhorns involved suddenly we're fucking talking suddenly fucking people walking by all high as shit can hear us and yeah, I'm thinking it should be easy to just like go over each type of Bigfoot. Yeah. On the fucking yeah. bullhorns at the gathering. Of the Can we talk hours. about some Wendigos and stuff? Talk about Do we all this shit. I, I mean, off the top of my head, I could just start listing shit off. Like, it's plenty yeah. of shit to talk about. So. Yeah, in the state that you're in when I talk to you, and that's all you have to do. Oh, I know. <laughs> if you're in that state, you don't need a topic. You'll just be like. You'll just lay it all out. Oh, brother. That was awesome. Ooh, I was so fucking lit, dude. I was so lit. It was awesome. Can't wait to go back. I was lucky. I was lucky to get to hear that. That was cool. Mm, I wish that was recorded. I, because I know I was on fire. Oh. Yeah, you knew. (laughs) You figured it all out. (laughs) <laughs> all right where what would the fuck is, so the types of bigfoot it's not a past tense it's a it's a it's a infinitive tense we start with north america right so the the obvious place to start is like your patty type bigfoot in the pacific northwest but then you have you you're like skunk ape in florida you have your ohio Grassman. these are like smaller varieties of bigfoots um yeah Often, often said to be more aggressive, more chimpanzee-like is, is something that's thrown around a lot. Um, yeah, the grass man in Ohio has, has supposedly three toes. So that, that's weird. My take is that it's just like inbred. It doesn't have it. That's why it steals Red people eyes. to get more like Red genetic eyes. diversity. It's inbred and it's yep. all fucking mutated. So it's got less toes. Yep. But it's basically the yeah. same species as the, the Florida skunk ape, allegedly. Tidez asks, are Bigfoots retarded or smart? I'm going to go with uh, halfway in between. Uh, you would think yeah, they're I retarded, but then they would kind of think you're retarded at the same time. And it cancels each other psychically out. Hypersens- psychically hypersensitive animal. That's true. Or there's like like a pack of them that all like teleport around the world and the CIA is just constantly like on their ass, right? You know, like oh, the alien ones. What, what was that movie? You just, you just described the plot of the movie. The, there's like a, you just described the plot of the movie. It's I big Ledge show. It's called Jumper. Yeah, Jumper. It's got a bunch like, of a pack of Bigfoots. Yeah, the pack of Bigfoots have the powers from Jumper. Like so, like it's they so in Jumper, like these humans have the ability to like basically teleport and they like they're called jumpers and they could be anywhere they want at any second they want so like well the, like they're, they're they can't go back and forth in time yeah like, this does actually like, sound a lot like harry potter too <laughs> harry potter did that? i was just saying oh, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah everything to harry potter 
every time they change position, there's like somebody scoping them out or something. You gotta change like, positions. It gets boring. See that like all. shitty YouTube series that's going on with the, the Harry Potter weed thing? It's so fucking retarded. It's funny. You got that Hogwarts dank, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so Anyway, I didn't mean to derail. About, I don't know how I went yeah. to Hogwarts. <laughs> uh, I just hate pop I culture references that. in general. It's bad. <laughs> That's why things are bad. Yep. All the things. Everything. I was, aware yeah, I was thinking about something specific, but I didn't want to name it because it was mostly about pop culture and it's a famous person. I don't like him. So. Back to Bigfoot then. Let's fucking talk about... What do you think about... What do you, speaking of... One, one more thing, like... What do you think about like what kind of zombie Emma Watson has turned into? Have you seen that latest picture of her? <laughs> yeah, dude. But, but stepped on a bee. But those old pictures of her armpits will last forever. Oh, she look. She looks like a fucking ghoul from Fallout. Let those be happening to women. Yeah. She like she just hit the wall. She like slammed head first into the wall at like seventy miles per hour. Like Amber Heard's face. We're back to like talking a... about celebrity celebrity talk <laughs> again. I know. Oh, like it's a Okay. Okay. Can we go back to talking about Bigfoot? I don't want to talk about yeah. celebrities yes. anymore. <laughs> celebrity bees. So we have the international Bigfoots. We got fucking the the Almas in uh, in Russia. We have the Yeren yeah. in China. We have the Yeti. In like the Himalayas. Now all of that is kind of like like a line on a map. You can kind of see that as like a region where like these this could all be the same thing. Yeah. Um. So that's a potential. And like usually these, I say usually. Who knows, man? But a lot of the time, like the the Bigfoots in like Eurasia are often taken to be more more animalistic, more primate. Like that's how the Yeti is often seen. But at the same time, you have yeah. the stories of like the Russian wild woman. Who was about like, the Banjokri, yeah, and the Banjokris, like the teacher yetis for the Tibetan yeah. shaman. Yes, and there were a few varieties of that. Some of them were were more human-like, more monkey-like, more what yeah. you think of as like a trickster god, something you could communicate with. And some of them, like the females, supposedly in their mythology, are the the large, vicious yetis. Uh, yeah. So then. The fuck else gotta do hold have? their tits up as they run down the. That's true. Uh, that, this is how you you escape from a female yeti, and it, I think it works for any yeti because they all got hair in their face, the and that's part of it too. But their hair goes in their face when you run downhill. Their tits fly up and smack you in the fucking jaw. <laughs> yeah, so that's what you do. You run downhill to get away from that bigfoot. After all, she um, gotta hold up the titties. After it wants to miss hands as she runs downhill because she's a big stupid bigfoot. Now, female yeti. Come on now, it's stupid. Why would you evolve that way? It's stupid. You have to. It's. it's hey, speaking of missing, uh, speaking of missing four one one, there was a interview I saw recently with uh, one of the old men that went missing in uh, Maine. One of the guys that was a friend of his. He described something really weird, and it stuck with me. When approximately the time they lost contact with him, it sounded like there was a giant spring going off, like a trap had been sprung, and all of a sudden they lost radio contact with him, and he was like gone. <coughs> and that's that's, that's yeah. 
you hear about stuff like that a lot. The electronic yeah. noises, that's a very common thing in a lot of these missing cases. <clears throat> yeah, uh, someone in the chat whose name is now off my screen said, David Polites has been hitting the Bigfoot Skinwalker Ranch content pretty hard lately. I'm going to have to get into that. I guess, is that on his uh, Can-Am channel or whatever the fuck? I, I need to hear what he's saying these days because I, I know it's got to be getting weirder. I think the Skinwalker Ranch is just a place where the government does its experiments of summoning entities. And they summon the entities, and then they might have some cattle on the surface that they let the entities have fun with. Yeah. And then the entities get bored and go back to hell, probably, or wherever <laughs> they come from. Yeah. I think it's a little fake psyop gay, like, at this point. Mr. I mean, it could be. It could be, but it could also be, like, that's the perfect Aerospace. place to do testing. Yeah. To just Aerospace. test with this stuff. Yeah. The Navy and yeah. private companies testing space technology. Yep. And portal and summoning technology. Who's to say this AI shit that Google is, is wanting to shove down everyone's yeah, throat? Yeah. Have you guys is, played RimWorld? Just... Play RimWorld is creepy. Never gonna it, play like Rim knows it. Never gonna play Rim Rim is AI, talking about AI fucking AI Emma Rimworld. Watson. But the like, AI in that game knows what you're at. Isn't like the graphics like in that game just like eight bit? Yeah, but it's based. Mm. Yeah. It's it's true. It's it's a low graphics kind of game, but so how's it scary if it's just like what I'm saying? There. What I'm saying, the, the game itself is not scary. It's it's a fun little game, but if if you pay attention, the AI that runs the game, it knows what you lo look at on YouTube. It knows what your Facebook profile says all about you. It's hooked into everything. What? Oh Jesus. 50-50 on whether this is schizo talk or not right now. No, check it out. Play the game. Try it yourself. See yeah, I'm how never much gonna it, play it knows about you. Okay. No, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Everything I say is not I, I own it. I, I won't play it, though. Play CSGO. It'll make you question whether you want to live. <laughs> yeah, CSGO is the real schizo game. If you want to fucking hang out with the fucking gang-stalking victims, you get on that CSGO right now. Anyway, I gotta go take a piss. I'll be back in a moment based where are you talking about you we'll so what about, about i wanted to talk about like what about the humanoid sightings in australia america yeah, we... and then europe are they all friggin connected like is the strigoi in romania and then the ghoul in like the middle east and then the wendigo in america and skinwalker oh they are just different names for what is essentially the same entity i think you're getting a little broad here i, I don't think there's any reason to tie all of this shit together like it, it can be done and like we'll we will do it we have done it um however like i don't know if you can take like the yaoi in australia i guess that is if that's what, what are you talking you're talking about more like rake wendigo things yeah, because that's that's like if you look at the paintings from the Aboriginal people on some of the uh, the very old pictographs in uh, Australia, there are these beings that are very long-limbed, gangly, and have no or black eyes, just like the the common trope with the ghoul. Or I haven't seen these. I, I have seen yes. pictures that maybe you're talking about that are usually yeah. said to be like the ancient astronauts. Is that the ones? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah they're trying to say they're aliens, but they look real uh, gangly. Compared to like normal gray aliens, I don't remember the gangly you, aspect of it. I'll have to pull. And you have the sightings, and you you have the sightings in Australia. People sighting stuff and saying. I'm just skeptical about about all of this. The 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 rake 
cool things because it's seen it's so fucking like um popularized in media at this point so yeah, i mean that's that's the thing though is is who's to say like like i know a good majority of what you see is probably fake but who's to say some of the people that are reporting it didn't see something i mean well, I mean, I, I think there's like I forgot what it's called, but there's like a, um, you know, like there's a, like sometimes we have like a fear of, um, or we're creeped out or weirded out by mannequins or porcelain dolls and yeah, it's like a, it's the the uncanny valley yeah effect yeah it's yeah. Uh, that that's because the, there's like theories thinking like back in our evolutionary past like there was we had a sense to figure these things out and that was for a reason for a survival mechanism and yeah at, I... at that point there was that that is suggesting that back then in our evolutionary past that there was some sort of predator that looked like us but wasn't us yes yeah, something well and i don't know that it necessarily implies predator like it could but i i think it definitely it's it says that you should you should uh, what's what's the word here you should be uncomfortable around things that look like you but aren't you um uh, like you can't trust them basically and a thing that, that made me think of the Strigoi in Romania and like the Wendigo for or skinwalkers, for example, in America, is both of them have to have permission to enter your house. Or a Strigoi or a or if they knock on your door, they have to fool you into somehow letting them in. Otherwise, they can't enter your house at all. Like it's the same thing. With it's the same thing with Neanderthals. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Wow. Whatever. Wow. Whatever. I was like, how about this has anything to do with me? They're always trying to get in my house, but I won't let them in because they're short. <laughs> they look stupid. Brownie they have like broad arms. They can throw Nobody a spear running. like 20 miles. Guys, I figured out the monkeypox thing. What is you know it? how we're you know how we were saying how they can't how how they can't sacrifice their holy cow because they love gays, right? Go on. Yeah, yeah, I'm swallowing my spit because I, I just took a bong hit. Um, nice. <clears throat> sorry, I'm choking on my spit. Um, so, the basically, um, sorry. Go on. <laughs> We're waiting. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Drink much vodka over here. Nothing better going yeah, on. It sounds good. Everybody drink. Um, so um, basically, the reason why you know how when you're in high school and you like a certain thing and you think it's cool to like this certain thing and you find other people that you don't like that like that thing. Not cool. yeah, like Z-Bots. So, yeah. So so obviously, obviously because I'm in the cool kids club, you know, I what I get to do. Um, so then if everybody's doing it and there's parades and it's for everyone and they can just do it out in public, like what kind of secret club is that? Like what kind of dark secret is that for me to hold to myself and use against people? Like we can't, how am I supposed to use this against other people if it's just everywhere? Yeah. It's got to be dirty again. We got to make it dirty. We got to monkey pox it. I don't think you have to go out of your way to make like illicit sex 
fucking dirty. Is a list at the right I'm not right saying right? you do. I'm just saying this is one angle that you could take on how ridiculous some people think. And I know that I've been around certain secret society ways of thinking, and I can figure that this is one retard angle that they would take. So they not want on a conscious level. They want everyone to be fucking as like gay and syphilis ridden as they are. Yes, because uh, they're like super. How to explain? And I just have they, to wonder how Bigfoot fits into all of this. And I think the answer <laughs> is uh, not well. He fit. He doesn't fit into my ass well. <laughs> but you see, Bigfoot is the vector for the spread of the monkeypox because of the bun and John Cray. You know what they do? That's true. Yeah, they like to. Yeah. They do. They like I'm to sure rape. It fits into the, pa- the pattern of conduct. I'm telling you, the yeah. pattern of conduct. This is the pattern of conduct. That's true. <laughs> Almost makes me want to pull out that bingo card. All right, all right, all right. So what the fuck were we doing? I have personally been on a a nation of Islam kick lately. I've been looking into to. These yeah. fucking what? spiritual black separatist movements. I found it very interesting. <laughs> One thing I want to say is fuck Martin Luther King. Should listen to Malcolm X instead. Malcolm <laughs> X was at least a little based. Yes. Yeah, dude. Wow. Well, I, to be honest, That's I like listen to Malcolm X speeches now, and like I agree with every fucking word he says, even when it's like seemingly against me. What about <laughs> Who? Farrakhan, Farrakhan's kind oh, of in the same campy. Farrakhan, now I can go into all of this. I, I think Farrakhan is like the subversion of the Nation of Islam. But by the feds or by whoever. Scientology's got their hands in that pocket today. But Farrakhan basically rose to power after Malcolm X. Um, after Elijah Muhammad's son took over the Nation of Islam, he tried to take it uh, into like Orthodox Islam. And when that kind of failed and fizzled out, Farrakhan resurrected the Nation of Islam. Well, wasn't it like the Black Panthers and then the Bloods and then like the Bloods and like, I don't know. Wasn't that all kind of one thing? Nah, I, guess, I mean, it had right? nothing to do with this at, at this point, at least. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Uh, well, I know the Black Panthers be- like became the Bloods, but you know, I knew, I don't know. I thought they were all connected. Never mind. Never right. mind. My bad. <laughs> so I, take. I fucking I want to talk about uh, the the founder, Wallace Fard Muhammad, or W D Fard Muhammad. Who's the white dude, right? Well, we're gonna we're gonna go into that a little bit because I'm very okay, interested yeah. in this whole thing. He wasn't white. He wasn't white. I've got the image of him on screen, flat out. <laughs> uh, immediately, this looks like an Indian to me. He looks like an yeah. Indian. I've worked for Indians who looked exactly oh, like this, like to a T. Mm. Immediately yeah, Indian, strikes me that way. Now, this is an image of him holding a Quran, seated. That's a thing. Um, now, yeah, this is the original image. I'll, I'll go to the, the Twitter thread that I wrote. I'll have it much better organized. So, the mystery of Wallace Fard Muhammad, the founder of the Nation of Islam, is one of my favorite rabbit holes. When he finished his teaching, he boarded a plane in Detroit, never to be seen again, leaving his protege with tears in his eyes and control over the religion Fard built. So, he came, he showed up as like a traveling salesman, as he would sell his fucking carpets and his, we- his wares. Is that right, Kay? Mm-hmm. 
Well, that like I yeah, uh, we've talked about this, and I, I have to say, it seems to me like this guy on the screen here, he's uh, some kind of man from maybe northeastern India. He's yeah. got his Quran, so you know that's that's a plausible thing. Pakistani, look perhaps, or Pakistani, and. Yeah, he just looks like a well-dressed salesman who's selling his fabrics. He's got a nicely tailored suit. And he sees all these um, people in America who are disenfranchised. And he's like, well, I could I could help him out. And this is how I'll do it with my ways and my time, the, the ways of my times and place. Yeah. All right. So he shows up and he, he starts teaching uh, the the black community of Detroit. Um, and he starts out with, with the Bible because that's the book that everybody's familiar with. So he's teaching from the Bible for a while. Once he amasses a, a following, he switches to the Quran. Um, at that point, that's the authoritative word of God. And I guess that's when he started interjecting his own thoughts into it. It became the nation of Islam. Uh, at a certain point, he had, he had given all his teachings to his protege, Elijah Muhammad, who saw him as Allah incarnate, God incarnate, as the Methi, as the Messiah. Oh. Um, and then Fard boarded a plane in Detroit saying he's going to Chicago and he was never seen again. Yeah, that paints a very different picture than what I knew about before. Okay, yeah. So that puts it in a rather different light. So basically what happened was a man started a movement. He was, if maybe, okay, Let's just say, let's pretend there's no conspiracy at all, definitely. And and he's just a man. He accidentally started up this big old movement and it started going somewhere. And then maybe he put his own ideas into it. Like maybe he was really Muslim, so he wanted to use the Quran instead. And then it went in a direction and maybe he didn't exactly have control over that whole direction because of the differences between himself and other people. And then, you know, things got a little bit bigger than he, he anticipated as a man selling fabrics. Dude, and then But this guy yeah. this is a guy who, who orchestrated the creation of paramilitary organizations and and schools for children to get them out of public schooling in <clears throat> Nation of Islam schools. And all of this shit existed like while he was there. So okay. does that strike you as a guy who like didn't expect it to get big? No, yeah. it sounds like he knew what he was doing. It's very impressive. Like riots were started over this. Like the state came in and demanded that that um, the children who were being schooled by the Nation of Islam be put back in public schools, and they fucking rioted and and they got away with it. And the kids were put back in the Nation of Islam schools. <sighs> the shit. It was a big deal, and it, it's very impressive as far as like community organizing and trying to uplift a a community that feels you know downtrodden or whatever the fuck. It just sounds like the right thing to do if you're an upstanding businessman from India who really believes in like God and stuff. But this this is the stuff that that Malcolm X would take to the next level, take to a very viable place until they they had to get rid of him. So where were we here? Uh, when the FBI investigated him, they inconclusively linked him to a New Zealander of possible Afghani origin named Wallace Dodd Ford, who had spent time in San Quentin for dealing dope. Let me get the, the image of, of this guy on screen. I don't trust this image. The more I look at it, the less I trust it. I don't, I don't buy right. it. It's the same guy. It's not. He doesn't have... This dude in 
this picture has a dimpled round yes. chin like you see on Indian dudes. <clears throat> the picture, but yeah. pull up. His build looks wrong. The hair looks wrong. And then the most sus part of it all yeah. in this mugshot is, on, okay, on on the left you have the profile, and on the right you have the, the head-on view. I don't think the profile is the same guy as the head-on view. I think this photo is fucking doctored. Hmm. To make it look more like it's the right guy. I don't well, what would be the interest of them, though, keeping his identity hidden? They, I, I don't think they knew who he was. I think they wanted to portray oh. him as a white man to disenfranchise the members of the group because they were becoming too powerful. Mm. Makes sense. That's Good what strategy. I think is going on. That's why they wanted everyone to think I he was a, a dope dealer from New Zealand. Yeah, because I... It, I and it's sus enough that he'd be Pakistani, but at least then he's brown. You could you could make the argument, whatever. You could rationalize I've heard around that. I've heard, yeah, I've heard exactly what you're saying, that he was, a, like, a white dude the entire time, like... I think he was definitely light-skinned. Even their sources, if you read the, the, the sources of, like, um, Elijah Muhammad and other people who saw him, they say he was light-skinned. They all say that. But they mm -hmm. also say that he looked like he was Indian. So it's not really a secret among them, but the important part is that he's brown. As long as he's brown, the narrative works. But if he's a white guy, the whole thing falls apart. So let's go on. Indeed. The inconclusive FBI theory was popularized in a book written by Washington Post editor Carl Evans. I think the man in the OP looks, or the from the uh, the first picture, I think that looks Indian, while Ford looks much whiter. This strikes me as a way to disenfranchise members of the organization and weaken it. Now we all know, like, okay, so this theory is popularized in The Messenger, a book by Carl Evans. Carl Evans is an editor of Washington Post, and we all know the Washington Post's close ties to the CIA. That's one of their main sources for, for putting out propaganda in this country. Oh. So that Say strikes me. The The Washington Post is a CIA mouthpiece. Yes, yes. So it is said that when Fard seemingly wrote Arabic, it was actually Urdu, an Indian language that borrows Arabic script. Some of the names he would bestow upon followers were more common in Indian Islam, but almost unheard of in his purported home of Mecca, which is where the Nation of Islam says he's from, which I don't think there's any chance of that. So, for example, like the Khan in Farrakhan, uh, the, the, the Khan name comes up when you look into this kind of like again and again. It has Mongol origins. It's not Muslim. Yeah. But it is seen in Indian Islam and like in Iran, but like never in the because whole of the the, Mo, the, Mo, the Mughal Empire, yes. like with Tamerlane, yeah. Mughals, Mughals. So, also the name Wallace. So Wallace Fard Muhammad. The name Wallace harkens back to British colonialism in India. It's a very British name. So that's what makes me believe he was Pakistani or something like that. It's a Scottish name, yeah. Wallace is a Scottish yeah, name. Yeah, sure. A William Wallace. Sure. Yeah, but that Pakistani, uh, like, British mixture wasn't that strong during that time period. I don't know. Oh, well. It's, it's, it seems more likely than, than anything else. But it, it was there's not a lot, from Scotland. There's a lot of British dudes that, like, were banging If, 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 if it's not that strong, that means he's probably of a nobility class of the mercantile type, which means he's more highly yeah. educated and more likely to be involved in a secret society. Yep. 
Yeah, which yeah, is specifically I, I mean, not I, this guy on the right from the mugshot, from the dope dealing and the assaults. Like that, there no, are he looks like a mafia person. Not educated. I, to be honest, the story makes him sound like an idiot. And I do think that's the goal. And I, th- I do think the best strategy is to find some fucking idiot and then say that's him. And everyone's like, oh, that guy's an idiot. Sounds convenient. So yeah, like I said, the 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 writing was allegedly in Urdu, which is an Indian language, but it would all it would show like knowledge of uh, of Islam basically. So I think Fard's movement was a threat to very powerful people and a potential boon to the black community in America. When Malcolm X would wouldn't play ball, he was killed. When Elijah Muhammad's son took power, he tried unsuccessfully to walk it back into Orthodox Islam. I think that's like when he saw. I think that's the moment someone saw they were definitely in over their head. When Elijah Muhammad's yeah. son, who says that he never even heard uh, Fard Muhammad call himself God. He never heard him say that, and that was Elijah Muhammad who put that on him. Now you have inherited an entire religion with schools and infrastructure and paramilitary groups and all of this shit. And you realize that you're being watched by the fucking feds. At that point, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like... I like being head of a church and all, but I think we'll just be normal Muslims now. It was the attempt. <clears throat> that was Makes unsuccessful. Sense. So at that point, Louis Farrakhan revived the nation of Islam in the form we know today with very suspect goals. Far from the attentions of, his, of its founder, though Fard is still revered as Allah incarnate. White, black, Indian, or whatever. Hmm. That's kind of the rundown. Now I have I have this paper called The Voodoo Cult Among Negro Migrants in Detroit by Edmund Doan Bainon. Uh the, this is an article from 1938. The abstract. The Nation of Islam, usually known as the Voodoo Cult, belongs to a chain of movements arising out of the growing disillusionment and race consciousness of recent Negro migrants to northern industrial cities. The attention of the general public has been directed to sensational episodes in the history of this cult, such as the occurrence of human sacrifice, but the reorientation of the personality of its members has been ignored. The members of the cult have been isolated from the social organization of the community in which they live, but they have maintained their functional relationship in the metropolitan economy from which they derive their means of livelihood and in which they have been able to make more satisfactory adjustments. As a result of the teachings of this cult, they have gained a new conception of themselves and regard themselves as superior rather than inferior to other people. The Negro sect known to its members as the Nation of Islam or the Muslims, but to the police as the voodoo cult, has significance for social science research partly because of its synthesis of heterogeneous cultural elements and partly because of its unique expression of race consciousness. If the movement be viewed as the life cycle of a cult, however, its various phases tend to show an orderly progression through which the attitudes of its devotees were molded to a common pattern. There developed among them a way of living which isolated them to a certain extent from all persons not members of their cult, even though they themselves remain scattered among an urban population of their own race and color. In their trade relations of members of this cult, they, they have continued to live, like other Negroes, within the ecological organization of the, the Negro community of Detroit. Their principal occupational adjustment has been factory labor, and thus the cult members have maintained a functional relationship with the metropolitan economy outside of the Negro community. 
At the same time, however, have severed contacts with the social organization of the community in which they live so that they have gained isolation almost as effectively as did the members of agricultural religious communities who migrated to new homes. I think mm. just this intro is, is very interesting. They try to paint it up as, as like a, a death cult. I feel yay. like that's the goal here. But at the same time, I feel like they're they're looking at a people who have isolated their their own kind. But at the same time, they're not they they are still race conscious. They are embracing their their community, their nation as they see it, as in the black community. Well, and then they're still having quick dip question. diplomatic ties with the outside world while not allowing that outside world to to fund them. So who, it, who wrote the paper? Is it, is it like somebody's doctoral dissertation? I have no idea. Look it up. Erdman Doan Bayon. I'll I'll fucking do it. I'll do it. Because this person's slant might be important to consider. Because we don't know if they're pro or against this thing that they're talking. I think you're gonna have a hard time figuring that out. I'm googling yeah. the name. And there's like nothing, and it's like just this article okay. coming up. So I don't know. All right. Well, let's 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 but read it. I do think that's that the goal is is one of. And maybe I'll be wrong. Let's go through this. I think the goal is one of demonization, but you're talking about a community that has has figured out how how to sustain itself, how to practice true self-reliance. And while many aspects of it you can definitely call a cult, like I, I feel like this this sort of action, like where you you are isolated, but at the same time you are existing in that world and like basically taking from like the the secular world and bring it into your world while, where you are trying to empower your community like legitimately and i think that's what makes this so scary to the powers that be that yeah yeah, like, yeah makes sense the beginning of the movement the prophet and founder of the cult made his first appearance among the negroes of detroit as a peddler like other arab and syrian peddlers he went from house to house carrying his wares he came first to our house, selling raincoats, and then afterwards silks. In this way, he could get into the people's houses, for every woman was eager to see the nice things the, peddler had, the peddlers had for sale. He told us that the silks he married were the same kind that our people used in their home country, and that they had come from there. So we all asked him to tell us about our own country. If we asked him to eat with us, he would eat whatever we had on the table, but after the meal he began to talk. Now don't eat this food. It is poison for you. The people in your own country do not eat it. Since they eat the right kind of food, they have the best health all the time. If you would live just like the people in your home country, you would never be sick anymore. So we all wanted him to tell us more about ourselves and about our home country and about how we would be free from the rheumatism, aches, and pains. How do we feel about that advice to, to try to only eat things that are from I know this. your I know this region. advice well. This is the same advice I get from the Chinese doctor. So the Chinese doctor, I Chinese doctor practices Chinese medicine, which is similar to Indian medicine, Ayurveda. And Ayurveda and Chinese medicine agree that diet plays an important role, and diet has a lot to do with your your climate and your well, it has to do with your background, genetic background, if you will, and your sort of environment. So they have this idea that you need to get certain flavors from the outside world to balance your internal flavor to be even. So, but are you saying that, that 
you are best off eating things from places where you your people evolved. Is that what that's that means? like a identity politics kind of twin? That's what David it makes Duke says. A hundred years ago, it makes sense. A hundred years ago, now it sounds like identity politics. No, I totally agree. I mean, look at but, Asian people; they can't even drink like wine. They're not drinking. Like, yeah, ice. like lactose intolerance and mm. stuff like that. I think generally, I mean, my just like logic kind of points me to that point where that that probably is true. That wherever your people yeah. evolve, like right. that's the food that's best for you. But because like Europeans right. have such a high tolerance for lactose because of the Indo-Europeans living off of it primarily, like thousands of years. So you can definitely call it identity politics, and that's definitely something the Nation of Islam practices. But who knows? But you could take anything to a neurotic level. Yes. Yeah. At the stranger's suggestion, a group of people was invited to one of the houses visited by him. So that so that on a particular evening, they all might hear the story in which all alike were so much interested. Accustomed as these people were to the cottage prayer meetings of the Negro Methodist and Baptist churches, they found no difficulty in holding informal meetings in their own homes. The former peddler now assumed the role of prophet. During the early period of his ministry, he used the Bible as his textbook, since it was the only religious book with which the majority of his hearers were familiar. With growing prestige over a constantly increasing group, the prophet became bolder in his denunciation of the Caucasians and began to attack the teachings of the Bible in such a way as to shock the, his hearers and bring them to an emotional crisis. Brother Chalar Sharif told, the, told of the crisis, uh, which he himself passed after hearing the prophet's message, through which he himself passed. The very first time hmm. I went to a meeting, I heard him say, The Bible tells you that the sun rises and sets. That is not so. The sun stands still. All your lives you have been thinking that the earth never moved. Stand and look toward the sun and know that it is the earth you are standing on which is moving. Up to that day, I always went to the Baptist church. After hearing that sermon from the prophet, I was turned around completely. When I went home and heard that dinner was ready, I said, I don't want to eat dinner. I just want to go back to the meetings. I wouldn't eat my meals. Uh, but I goes back that night I, and I goes to every meeting after that. Just to think that the sun above me never moved at all, and the earth we are on was doing all the moving. That changed everything for me. So this dude, he... <laughs> what year do we realize all this stuff? What year is it? Is it 14 fucking 92? Like, how does this work? It's 1910 or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's all it took was telling him that the fucking sun revolves around... Or the, how does it go? What re Who cares? Germplasm. Germplasm is real in the year 1910. None of this shit matters to me. Okay, you know what DNA is today? That's no. germplasm in 1910. Gotcha. The report of the prophet's message spread through the Negro community. Y'all hear about the sun, dog? Many of those <laughs> who heard him invited their friends and relatives to come to the meetings, appealing either to their curiosity or to deeper interests. The attendance at the house meetings increased so much that the prophet was compelled to divide his hearers into several groups, the members of each of which were permitted to hear his message only at the time assigned to their group. The inconvenience was so obvious that the prophet's followers readily contributed money sufficient to hire a hall, which was fitted up as a temple. The Prophet Although the prophet lived in Detroit from July 4th, 1930 until June 30th, 1934, virtually nothing is known about him save that he came from the East and that he called the Negroes of North America to enter the Nation of Islam. His very name is uncertain. 
he was known usually as Mr. Wally Farad or Mr. W.D. Fard, though he also used the following names, Professor Ford, Mr. Farad Muhammad, Mr. F. Muhammad Ali. One of the few survivors who heard his first uh, addresses states that he himself said, My name is W.D. Fard, and I come from the holy city of Mecca. More about myself I will not tell you yet, for the time has not yet come. I am your brother. You have not seen me in my, in my royal robes. Which is an interesting quote. Um, it mm-hmm. is it is very messianic. It the language is very. Uh, it it sounds yeah, like the way they talk very, about like Jesus yeah. returning in the Bible. Yeah. Come back. So I did say before, like I he hasn't. I haven't seen him refer to himself as God or the Messiah or anything really like that. But at the same time, his language does kind of point in that direction. So legends soon sprang up about this mysterious personality. Many members of the cult hold that the prophet was born in Mecca, the son of wealthy parents of the tribe of the Quraysh, the tribe from which Muhammad the prophet sprang, and that he was closely related by blood to the dynasty of the Hashemite sheriffs of Mecca, who became king of the Hajjaz, Hijaz. Hijaz? He is said to have been educated at a college in England in preparation for a diplomatic career in the service of the kingdom of Hijaz, but to have abandoned everything to bring freedom, justice, and equality to his uncle living in the wilderness of North America, surrounded surrounded and robbed completely by the caveman. So is this about Bigfoot? The Native Americans would refer to Bigfoot as like their uncle, and he was living in the wilderness of North America. And Bigfoot was surrounded and robbed completely by the caveman. It all checks out, right? Yeah. I don't know about any of that. There has grown, however, among the members of the cult a belief that the prophet was more than man. As brother Yusuf Muhammad claimed, when the police asked him who he was, he said, I am the supreme ruler of the universe. He told those police more about himself than he would ever tell us. So now we have a second-hand account where he is basically calling himself God. However, this could be this could be like weird new agey shit. Yeah, yeah. Supreme well, I can't regular religion God. and bullshit mix. Yeah, it's like we are one. Yeah, yeah, and this is where you get to like the the weirdness about um, like comparing the nation of Islam to Islam. You go through like the pillars of Islam, and like the most important thing in Islam is the oneness of God. Uh, so like yeah, that's yeah. what immediately disqualifies like all of Christianity almost because they're all Trinitarian and if if they're not Trinitarian saying that God is triune then they're saying that that God incarnated in Jesus that's what makes them not uh, not viable as Muslims so here we have yeah we have the nation of Islam <laughs> ignoring that first precept of Islam like immediately yeah the Negroes who heard the call. Not all who attended the meetings and heard the stranger's message accepted him as a prophet. Many ridiculed his attacks against the Caucasians and were angered by his criticisms of the churches and the preachers. During the four years of his ministry, however, approximately 8,000 Negroes in Detroit heard the call and became members of the Nation of Islam. Interviews with more than 200 Muslim families showed that with less, less than half a dozen exceptions, all were recent migrants from the rural South, the majority having come to Detroit from small communities in Virginia, South Carolina, oh, wow. Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. 
Investigations of cult members by the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office also indicated the same origin. The interviews disclosed that the Muslims not only had, had migrated recently from the South, but also had visited their old homes in the South one or more times after their migration and before they had come into contact with the Nation of Islam. Uh, through these visits, they had become more conscious of race discrimination on the part of the Caucasians. After their brief sojourn in the North, they tended to reinterpret with sinister implications uh, sinister implications incidents of race contact in the South. They began to realize that lynchings and the indignities of Jim Crow's system were perpetrated by Caucasians who worshipped the same God as they did and worshipped him in the same way. In many of its parts... Uh, in many of its parts, the secret ritual of the cult reflects the aroused feelings with which these Negroes returned from their visits to the South. Me and my people who have been lost from home for 379 years have tried this so-called mystery God for bread and a home, and we receive nothing but hard times, hunger, naked, and out, uh, out of doors. Also was beat and killed by ones that advocated that kind of God. So now you're kind of getting like a motivation for these um, these poor blacks from the South migrating to Detroit for like an opportunity, basically trying to to get a new lease on life, like as factory workers, it seems. Yeah. And so like it, it does seem like the perfect time to, to swap religions as well. Yeah, I've always thought like maybe because Islam is a little more dogmatic, maybe that's better suited towards Africans because it's more you have to maintain more of a level of compliance and yeah I don't do with Christianity I, I to be honest I find Islam extremely Semitic it's and I'm not sure like I don't want that to be taken the wrong way I don't know how that's taken yeah. but like okay. oh, Jesus Christ we got Maude in the chat just on cue the most Semitic motherfucker I have ever spoken to in my life is now in the call <laughs> I say that, and not because that's how the the legalism strikes me. So, Maud, you can take it from here if you want. I get well, it. Uh, I get it. That's why it fits. Islam well, is If you go on uh, the the French philosopher René Guion, uh, and a later <laughs> student of his, Martin Lings, and Julius Evola, of course, what they've surmised, and what I have surmised. Is Islam is on the legalism part Semitic, yes, but theologically it's Indo-European. So that's a fucking tough nut to crack, right there, dude. <laughs> Take about three episodes just to even begin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it's not any. I I haven't found anything more or less dogmatic than. Uh, than any of the other, um, I agree. Any of the other Abrahamic faiths. I, I think if you want dogma, you can find that in most religions. If you want to go way heavy into dogma, right, but it is the but, legalism that strikes like, me as Semitic. Structure for structure, beat by beat, it's it's exactly the same. Like the intellectual and theological discourse and questions that medieval uh, Christians and medieval Christian philosophers were dealing with also occurred in the Muslim world at almost the exact same time. This is why you mm -hmm. have uh, uh, Aquinas and his Theologica, and then you have Imam Ghazali and his the Light, of the, Light of the 
religion covering the exact same thing. I I will say this about Islam and like the black community. I do think one of the values is when you have you you have a, a demographic and like any community really that's like got serious fucking like drug crime and sex problems yeah. Yeah, a, a religion saying, yeah. that does take hard stances against that and but not only that yeah. but and here's the thing is I, I think a lot of the these systems like i think europeans have had have been drinking alcohol for a very long time like i i think that's that's been part of the culture and i think it can be it can obviously be handled well, but when you have these fucking communities that are not well off and they are abusing the shit out of it, the best thing you can do is not only a, a belief system that has hard stances on these things, but one that has this, the built-in structure for your community to police itself on those matters and not have to wait for outside influences. And Islam does provide that. Right. But with the... We... They could have been introduced at any other religion, and it would have it would have had the same effect for them. Well, this if, this takes me to like I, I just think there's cer- certain cultures that are, are like I think when a culture has been like drinking alcohol like um, recreationally and generally, I think fairly um, responsibly, like it's it's in their blood. It's in, that's why when it destroyed the Native Americans. They had no, in right. the same way Fire a disease water. would hit them is because they had no fucking biological immunity to that shit. And the worst parts of alcoholism just fucking ravaged them. But when you have people who, who genetically are predisposed to, to dealing with that for over thousands of years, I think it works out a lot better. Well, it's, it's, it has to do with ancestry. And that's one of the things that Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam thing leaned in hard on and this is what Malcolm why Malcolm X joined the Nation of Islam is you had speakers like Marcus Gavery Garvey. talking about um, uh, their oh the white the white god was opposed onto us <coughs> and the prophet uh, white god yes well is a black man and your ancestors were black people, so you should follow a black man's religion. And is there anything wrong with that, necessarily? I'm not talking theologically here, I'm talking about, like, socially. Yes, that's, that's, that's definitely <laughs> wrong, because the prophet wasn't a white Yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean, man. that's what I'm saying. I'm not taking this from, like, a, a, um, like a point of view theologically, but I'm saying, it, wouldn't it be better if, if like... Blacks didn't have to take on their slave master's religion and could have like kept practicing well, what they were practicing. Islam, if you want to be technical about that. Islam is also a slave master's religion. Guess who sold all the black? I, I'm with you, I, but but don't you think a, a people is are better off coming to God through their own means generally than having something instilled upon them? And I like you, and That's I have no not problem how with like I go slave. What? That's not how I get a good slave That's or true. a good foot soldier or a good but political. My my point is like or how I manipulate people to do what I want to make a personality cult for me to look after me for the rest of my life. I, I tend to think that yeah. that people come to God best through the spirituality that they they kind of evolved with. And I think when left to their own devices with that, they will come closer to God. 
whether it's the exact right God or not, it's up for fucking debate. But I do think that's like inherent in humanity, no matter what race you are, no matter what you evolved with, no matter what. I think if you were left to your own devices with your own spirituality, you will come closer to God. Yeah, and you would. But if God don't exist, you would end up following a making a religion for yourself. That's built. But yeah, but you're you fucking love Vikings and shit. Yes. (laughs) But that's what. But do you see what I'm trying to say here? It's like it's not necessarily a bad thing. It might not be the perfect thing. They might not be right about everything. But I don't think it's bad for their people. It probably would their their people would probably be a stronger people. And maybe black people should follow, like, black people. Maybe the, whoever, whoever is in, like, black theology in their pantheon probably should be black. Because it doesn't matter what color their skin is, it's about them, like, identifying with it. If if they really wanted order, they could have joined the Viking religion. Yes. That's true, (laughs) I'm not arguing whether blacks should be Vikings. I think all, I think all Vikings should be black in all media. Vikings, Vikings. This makes sense. Harold, kinky hair. Kinky Uh, hair. Maud, what are the five pillars of Islam? The five pillars Mm. of Islam uh, believe in predestination, believe (laughs) in the prophets, believe in the angels, believe in the holy books, uh, prayer, fasting, Okay, so... That's probably more than five. Uh, I only asked for five, Blood. Yeah. Um, where's Jihad yeah. falling? <laughs> no, Jihad. I thought there were five pillars. In a pillar Islam. Because Jihad can apply to many things. Yeah. So now I'm trying to, I'm thinking about the things you said, and I'm trying to apply, like, the nation, that's the nation of Islam. And now they will have some confu- conv- convoluted reason why they do believe Muhammad was the last prophet. Even though they think. Wallace Fard Muhammad was Allah incarnate, which kind of screws the whole thing up. Uh, what the fuck else was there? The the prayer and fasting. So they they do pray. They're supposed to pray five times a day, right? Five. Yeah. They pray three times a day, and they do it standing up. Like the Jews. Kind of, kind of. I hear they have like their hands out. Kind of. I don't think they rock back and forth. Mm. <clears throat> so they fail in that one too. The rocking is they they only get to go on Hajj because uh Louis Farrakhan's buddy buddy with the Saudi regime. Ah. It's good for the bank. That's true. Can't argue with that. Anyway, let's go on with this article. Where the fuck was I? Alright. The illiteracy of the Southern Negroes now seem due to Caucasian tricknology. <laughs> that's a cool word. Memetics. Yeah, that's basically it basically is, dude. And honestly, when you go into like the the lessons of uh of the nation of Islam, memetics are like the whole thing. It's fucking weird. <clears throat> Awakened already to a consciousness of race discrimination, these migrants from the south came into contact with militant movements among northern Negroes. Practically none of them had been in the north prior to the collapse of the Marcus Garvey movement. A few of them had come under the influence of the Moorish American cult, which succeeded it. The effect of both of these movements upon the future members of the Nation of Islam was largely indirect. Garvey taught the Negroes that their homeland was Ethiopia. The noble Drew Ali, the prophet of the Moorish Americans, proclaimed that these people were descendants of Moroccans. 
The newer migrants entered a social milieu in which the, the atmosphere was filled with questions about the origin of their people. Long before their new prophet appeared among them, they were wondering who they were and whence they had come. So where are they from? Ethiopia, Morocco, or uh, Mecca? So, Many know wherever. Marcus Garvey. 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 Sorry. I... It's been a while since I read Malcolm X's autobiography. I'm sure you can But he... Markless Gabberly. His... His... Same thing. His, uh... His famous... Um... His M.O. was... Let's relocate back to Africa. The problem was... None of those motherfuckers knew exactly where they... Originated from. So they came up with these crazy th- theories. Wakanda. Uh, dipping into, yeah. Dipping into linguistics to try and attach themselves to anything. This is where you have the beginnings of the black Hebrews and the black Egyptians taking shape. And we could, they, we could roll dice to figure out where we came from. The no, Latin, that's actually Haram. That's you can do that. You can do that in the nation of gods and earths, but not in the nation so of Islam. They took they, ah. they they decided, okay, we're all Moors. We're all descendants from Moors princes because the word Mori, which actually meant blue, supposedly also means black. Yes. So uh that's their thing. And then from there, they also think they're connected to the royal family of Ethiopia, which uh, the royal family of Ethiopia um, believes that they're direct descendants from King Solomon. And this is why they have the Star of David on their flag. The migrants did not find life in the north as pleasant as they had expected it to be when when first they came to the land of hope as the North was known in Negro poetry and song. The, uh, the deprived them, the deprived them, whatever, the deprived them of their means of livelihood, and they suffered their first experience of urban destitution. Though public relief came to their rescue, the attitudes shown by the welfare agents increased their hatred of the Caucasian civilization. Forced to stand waiting for hours to receive their dole, these people began welfare. to believe that their race discrimination was evident in the North as well as the South. The welfare workers, including those even of their own race, became symbolic of all that these people had hated. An Asiatic trend among the Negro dole recipients of the Elmwood district, noted at the time as a passing whim, today came back with horror to two women welf- to the... God, I'm, I'm trying here. This is written strangely. It's from a time that I, I was not born... <laughs> hundred years ago. Jesus, it's forever ago. An Asiatic trend among Negro Dole recipients. Negro Dole recipients is like pretty funny. Like it sounds like welfare queens. <laughs> we, should, we should call all veterans Negro Dole recipients. <laughs> oh, whatever. Noted at the time as a passing whim, today came back with horror to two women welfare workers on learning that the fanatical Robert Harris had intended them for human sacrifices as infidels. Harris stated to the police that each of these was a no-good Christian and that they would have been sacrificed if he knew where he could have found them. <laughs> they almost yes. It's like when you got all get almost raped. Like he wasn't even in the same room. Like he didn't even know where you were. 
You didn't get I all the sacrifice. I in my soul. Coming for you. Uh, a further disillusionment came from their own physical discomfort, resulting from life in crowded quarters in a northern city. Unaccustomed to the climate of the north, and especially to its winters, these people soon developed many bodily ailments. Their condition is described by the prophet Fard in his teaching. He had fever, headaches, chills, grip, grip, hay fever, regular fever, rheumatism, also pains in all joints. He was disturbed with foot ailment and toothaches. His pulse beat more than 88 times per minute. That's a code. Therefore, he goes to the doctor every day and gets medicine for every day in the year. One after each meal and three times a day, also one at bedtime. The migrants realized that they suffered much more physical pain than they had in their old homes. They connected the suffering with the civilization of the white men to whose cities they had come. Even before they met the prophet, they had begun to blame the Caucasian for their aches and pains. Ah. <laughs> Weather is the white man. He do, he do be using harp to fuck with my joints, dude. Father Wint Jack Frost is Aryan. Okay. <laughs> Jack Frost is why do you think he has blue eyes? That's true. <laughs> Pale skin. The organized cult. Maladjusted migrant Negroes came into contact with the prophet at the informal meetings in their own homes. With the change to temple services, the movement took on a more formal character. The teaching became systematized. Membership was recognized and registered. The movement itself became organized in a hierarchical manner. The prophet's message was characterized by his ability to utilize to the fullest measure the environment of his followers. Their physical and economic difficulties alike were used to illustrate the new teaching. Similarly, biblical prophecies and the teaching of Marcus, Marcus Garvey and Noble Drew Ali were cited as foretelling the coming of the new prophet. As additional proofs of his message, the prophet referred his followers to the writings of Judge Rutherford of Jehovah's Witnesses, to a miscellaneous collection of books on Freemasonry and its symbols, and to some well-known works such as Breasted's Conquest of Civilization and Hendrik Von, Hendrik Van Loon's Story of Mankind. Since many... Yeah... <laughs> Right on. Since many of these people were illiterate, it became necessary to organize classes in English so that they might be able to read the proofs about themselves. They were also instructed to purchase radios in order that they might listen to the addresses the addre addresses of Judge, Rutherford, Judge Rutherford, Frank Norris, and Baptist fundamentalists, and others. The prophet explained to the people that the recommended books and addresses were symbolic and could be understood only through the interpretation which he himself would give at the temple service. The Quran itself was soon introduced as the most authoritative of all texts for the study of the new faith. The Prophet, however, used only the Arabic text which he translated and explained to the believers. Here, too, they were completely dependent upon his interpretation. So that's like true schizo shit, fucking um, having people like listen. This is like if I, if I like went and told everyone to go listen to Alex Jones, but you could only understand him through my interpretation of Alex Jones. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be fucked up. Right. It sounds nuts. like textbook Wahhabism. <laughs> you can only understand it through the individual man. No, no going back to any secondary sources. To give more systematic character to his teaching, the Prophet himself prepared certain texts which served as authoritative manuals of the religion and were memorized verbatim by all who became members of the Nation of Islam. 
The prophet's teaching was in substance as follows. The black men in North America are not Negroes, but members of the lost tribe of Shabazz, stolen by traitors from the holy city of Mecca 379 years ago. Seems like a really weird mm. assertion that blacks are from Mecca. Like, that's a really weird sentence. Blacks are from Mecca. Like, what how, What the fuck? Where do I even begin, yeah, dude? Arabs are from Mecca. It, well, exactly. It's like, a, there's a whole continent for black people. It's full of well, them. It gets even, it gets even weirder, because the, the Arabs that we associate in, in Mecca aren't really, are, are, are newer than the Arabs that were they're completely different ethnic group uh, from all the other peninsula Arabs because they're descended from the uh, Elamite tribe called the Ananites. Ah, the Edomites. Some fuck. Yeah. Some black dude called me an Edomite. Sounds like I went on a fucking a black nationalist podcast once and they called me an Edomite. (laughs) So the um. They migrated into the the prophet's family, who would later beca- become the owners of the Shout of the prophets of uh, the sea of Mecca. Came uh, after the Bronze Age collapse. So Shout the prophets after the Bronze Age. Every other Arab tribe in the peninsula, they're they're strangers, and that feeling is still there. The prophet came to America to find and to bring back to life his long-lost brethren, from whom the Caucasians had taken away their language, their nation, and their religion. Here in America, they were living other than themselves. They must learn that they are the original people, noblest of the nations of the earth. The Caucasians are the colored people, since they have lost their original color. The original people must regain their religion, which is Islam, their language, which is Arabic, and their culture, which is astronomy and higher mathematics, especially calculus. They must live according to the law of Allah, avoiding all meat of poison animals, hogs, ducks, geese, possums, and catfish. They must give up completely the use of stimulants, especially liquor. They must clean themselves up, both their bodies and their houses. If in this way they obeyed Allah, he would take them back to the paradise from which they had been stolen, the holy city of Mecca. Nothing to say about that, Maud? About cleaning your ass? It's good that they're cleaning their asses. I agree. Those who accepted this, those who accepted this teaching... Catfish what do you want my take on the, the what, catfishes? I eat tons of catfish Here's, all the time. I, I, I mean, and I don't know in Islam, but I know <laughs> in, uh, in like the Old Testament laws. I would, off the top of my head, argue against catfish because they don't have scales. And I'm pretty sure scales are a prerequisite for legal fish to eat in the Old Testament. But, I, I mean... The bottom feeder Sounds thing, right. like obviously, but I don't know if, that, if that's taken into account. I don't think that's in the Old Testament, so who knows? Ain't no catfish in the Promised Land. I'm pretty sure Behemoth is a catfish. Mm. Giant Pokemon. Catfish. This is yeah. an acceptable theory. 
Those who accepted this teaching became new men and women, or as the Ever prophet expressed it, were restored to their original and true selves. As a mark of this restoration, the prophet gave them back their original names, which the Caucasians had taken from them. Since a sum of money, usually $10, was required to secure the original name, this work must have been extremely profitable to the prophet. Each new believer wrote a separate letter asking for his original name, which the prophet was supposed to know through the spirit of Allah within him. Examples of the changed names are Joseph Shepard became Jam Sharif. Lindsay Garrett became Haziz Allah. Henry Wells became Anwar, pa- Anwar Pasha. William Blunt became Sharif Allah. Would you ever call That's yourself Sharif Indian, Allah, Maud? They're no. Indians. Anwar, yeah. A lot of those, a lot of those sound like a mishmash of Persian, Turkish, and Arabic names. They are. They are. <laughs> the, the Indian residence is definitely there, and I, I feel like there's some crossover between like Pakistan and Persia or some shit like that happening. I'm not yeah, sure how all that reminds, works, but this reminds me of the related languages. Yeah. yeah. Indo-European like languages. It's, yeah, it's just they, like when you get initiated into a Hindu or a Buddhist religion in India, you, you get a new Dharma name. Yeah, it's it's very yeah, Indian then, to me. That's, that's why I'm so obsessed with like what the roots of this are, because it seems so Indian. That's more intuitive. That shit is real. This is like, you give them $10. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, no. You pay for the name. That's yeah, how it works. It costs ten dollars. I, I done it twice. I done it twice. Oh, the Buddhists charge money too now for names. Wait, uh, come on now. Jeez. So, would a Muslim ever use like? Would he never use like Allah as a surname? No. <laughs> sounds ridiculous. Yeah. We would. We would not unless it's like attached to your name, like Abdullah, yeah, yeah. the servant of Allah. Sure. Yeah. Apparent mistakes sometimes occurred when three or more brothers applied for new names, neglecting to mention in their letters that they were blood brothers. Thus, despite his omniscience, the Prophet once gave the surnames of Sharif, Karim, and Muhammad to the three Pool brothers. The Prophet explained this seeming mistake as due to his divine knowledge of the different paternity of the three brothers. Mystical. Three Chinese brothers. The people who secured the new names value them as their greatest treasure. I wouldn't give up my righteous name. That name is my life. They became so became so ashamed of their old slave names that they considered that they could suffer no greater insult than to be addressed by their dead name. <laughs> they sought oh. to live in conformity with the law of Islam as revealed to them by the Prophet so that they might be worthy of their original names. Gluttony, drunkenness, idleness, and extramarital sex relations, except with ministers of Islam, except with ministers of Islam, were prohibited completely. They bathed at least (laughs) once a day and kept their houses scrupulously clean, so that they might put away all marks of the slavery from which the restoration of the original name had set them free. I feel like where it says, except with the ministers of Islam, saying that extramarital sex is permissible with the ministers of Islam. I feel like that is kind of taken out of context. There are probably examples of that as there are in like every religion, but I don't think that was like codified and it makes it sound like it's codified. It was probably codified for them. Maybe in, in their, in their theology. It's possible. 
The rapid increase in membership made necessary the, developmental, the development of a formal organization. Subsidiary organizations had been established as the need for them arose. Chief of these was the University of Islam, to which the children of Muslim families were sent rather than to public schools. Here they were taught the knowledge of our own, rather than the civilization of the Caucasian devils. This is based, though, isn't it? I think this is based. That's so I think fucking it should based. be burnt to the ground, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's just stuff that, that sounds like, people learn from, from... This sounds uh, no worse... Well, then going to like a Christian school or something if you if you don't believe well, you think the Indian people got like it. that's what you do to get away from like the the secular school right I do go to Christian I know I wasn't going school. to say that that's why I was using it as an example though the thing with the Christian school has you know it's based on classical ideas that have been around for about 2,000 years and not some weird ass fucking Yeah, but this, this isn't, this also isn't like a university. This is for children. This is homeschooling. They're calling it the University Yeah, of but all the their fucking flashy names and shit. I didn't even think about that, but that's not the what it is. Year's 1910, and, and um, I live in it Chicago, is grade and school, black, dude. and I, I, I do a menial task. Yeah. <laughs> this is grade school, and I I feel like all communities are theoretically capable of homeschooling. You just have to have the right surroundings, and I feel like this at one point was an honest attempt to to have real community building in in communities that, through whatever one way or another, were truly disenfranchised. Right, more than disenfranchised, poor, impoverished, yeah, unhappy, everything, all the worst things, being treated awful. You know. No. Courses were given in higher mathematics, astronomy. This is all things children must learn. And the general knowledge and ending of the spook civilization. Dude, this is based. This is absolutely <laughs> fucking based. And anyone who says other... Dude, I, I want to go to school to learn about the ending of the spook civilization, dude. Yes. Yeah. We all need that in our lives. <laughs> but here's the problem. You're the spook. I know, but I respect yeah. it, though. I don't have a problem with, with that. I respect that. What? Can I not respect that in another people wanting to, to have a separate community? <laughs> this is what Malcolm X wanted. I agree with everything Malcolm yeah, X but, says. But Malcolm X no state. said changed... But real self-reliance. Went through... He dished the whole nation of Islam because he knew it was false. I think like, that no. is a, a fucking natural pipeline that could have been healthy. Mm -hmm. I don't. I, I feel like that is naturally where it goes. That's what all of these prominent figures who were part of the nation of Islam, all of them fucking eventually became Sunni. Right. Malcolm X, uh, Muhammad Ali, the two I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there's others. And it happened. I know there's a lot of people who who there are. I don't know. There's like respected Islamic scholars in America who have who have taken that route. I was listening. I don't know. I don't know how I, the fuck I've, to. I've met some of them, but the the reason why I'm so adamant against the nation of Islam is I've known these guys and talked to them, and it's not something you want to be want to be in it all. Well, they isolate their members from society, right? That's not good. 
But I mean, I don't have a problem with that at all in what, theory, bro. Well, I, I I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. I think that points to perhaps a problem. I don't think it does. I think that's that's like modern fucking programming making you. It's like Waco making. No, no, I disagree. I disagree with what you're saying because I totally accept it. If like a monk in an orthodox religious order or some weirdo out in the mountains wants to go into seclusion, but when it comes to a large group of people within a city secluding themselves from the wider society, I think that will lead to friction and potential problems. Not necessarily, but most likely. I don't think these were Good. these weren't a people Good. who had an aversion Fine. to friction. Fine. I want to Yeah, I these aren't to... a bit, that's what I'm this saying. Is... Like these are people <laughs> who wanted separation. When Malcolm X would talk about he would say like um like we don't want segregation. We want separation. Segregation right. implies that they were still dependent on the man. To right. get by, wanted, where separation was self-reliance. Their, they wanted their own, their own. They want to run their own stores, run their own buildings, run their own transportation. These are people who were down for friction, but they were also down for diplomacy. They really were. And I'm not talking about everybody, but I'm talking about the guy, the people who fucking mattered. Same thing with the fucking Amish. I mean, why? And you know, there are weird things about the Amish. I hear like they, uh, there's some of them that like are worried about propaganda. their. I don't know. I've heard some of them are like worried. It might be Mennonites. I don't know if that's the same thing. Uh, yeah, Amish are a sect of Mennonites. Okay. Yeah, there's some Mennonites that like are worried about their genetics getting too close. So they're like yeah. paying men to like briefly convert to Mennonite and then have sex with their friggin' women. And then, yeah, then the under, yeah. Exactly Loophole. the same thing. Cope, yeah. cope, cope yeah. hole. Yep, it's a <laughs> Yeah. But the catch is they have to, like, creepily watch you or something. It's weird. Oh. Think about it, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Everybody was like, Good job, guys. Yeah. Keeping anyway, it pure. We're, we're, on, we're in consensus that separating yourself from these purity leads to purity order. spiraling separating yourself from society Dude, legitimately leads to separating yourself from society is the only good form of purity spiraling <laughs> maybe potentially good I mean, form as long as that's I actually what you're doing if you're not doing anything you like that then it's this motherfucker wants to go in a fema camp and drink the corn syrup every single day of his life no thanks <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get on with this article let's finish this thing one way or the other the yeah. rapid increase in membership made necessary the development of a formal organization did i read this already i read this already yeah. where was i um blah the woman might keep their house clean and cook food properly there was established the muslims the muslim girls training and general civilization class Fear of trouble with the unbelievers, especially with the police, led to the founding of the Fruit of Islam military organization for the men who were drilled by captains and taught tactics and the use of firearms. Each of these organizations was under the control of a group of officers trained specially by the Prophet for their task. Finally, the entire movement was placed under a minister of Islam and a corps of assistant, assistant ministers, all of whom had been selected and trained by the Prophet. 
Within three years, the Prophet not only began the movement, but organized it so well that he himself was able to recede into the background, appearing almost never to his followers during the final months of his residence in Detroit. This was undoubtedly an important factor in the cult's survival after the Prophet's departure. Schism and Persecutions Inherent, apparently, in the Prophet's message were certain teachings which, from the very beginning of the movement, led to schisms within the membership of the cult and to perse persecution from without. The Prophet proclaimed that his followers did not belong to America. They were citizens of the holy city of Mecca, and their only allegiance was to the Muslim flag. Dude, this is based as yes. shit. <laughs> Their children must that. be their children must be removed from the public schools and sent to the University of Islam. In revolt against this position, Abdul Muhammad, one of the first officers in the temple, seceded and organized a small Muslim group of his own, in which the cardinal principle was loyalty to the Constitution of the United States and to its Hag. I don't know what what Hag means there. Hag. The attendant. This is the the dork who tried to split off, who didn't want to fucking take every all the kids out of public school. How how do we how do we stop the schism? Jihad. <laughs> <laughs> the attendance officers of the board of education and the police attempted to break up the University of Islam and to compel the children to return to the public schools. This led to a severe riot in which the members of the cult tried to storm the police headquarters. Fearful yes. of race riots, the judges of the the judges of the recorder's court released with suspended sentence almost all of the rioters. Since that time, the University of Islam has continued its classes. Bully judges. More serious difficulties arose over the question of human sacrifice. <laughs> hmm, the, the human <laughs> sacrifice question. What is the solution to it? The prophet's God. position. Exactly. The prophet's position on this question was never made clear. He taught explicitly that it was the duty of every Muslim to offer as sacrifice four Caucasian devils in order that he might return to his home in Mecca. And I, I would like to see a source on this. There is the old, the old number 19 that I could click, but some something tells me that won't lead me anywhere right now. 72 virgins, it could lead to that. The prophet also taught that Allah demands obedience unto death from his followers, just like Nick Fuentes. No Muslim dare refuse the sacrifice of himself or of his loved ones if Allah requires it. On November 21st, 1932, the people of Detroit became conscious of the presence of the cult through its first widely publicized human sacrifice. A prominent member, Robert Harris, renamed Robert Kareem, Kareem this is the same guy, right? erected an altar yeah. in his home at 1249 Dubois Street and invited his rumor, John J. Smith, to present himself as a human sacrifice so that he might become, as Harris said, the savior of the world. Smith agreed, and at the hour appointed for the sacrifice, 9 a.m., Harris plunged a knife into Smith's heart. After constant recurrences of rumors of human sacrifice or attempted sacrifice, on January 20, 20th, 1937, Verlene McQueen, renamed Verlene Ali, brother of one of the assistant ministers, was arrested as he prepared for the ceremonial slaying and cooking of his wife and daughter. This sacrifice what? was, as he said, to have cleansed him from all sin. So... Wow. Gumball. Some, like Wendigo shit. Yeah, it is Wendigo shit. The one is really interesting yeah. in that, like, it was like a Craigslist murder. Like the one, the guy was like yeah. willing. He was gonna be savior, right? And he was ready. German yeah. guys. He was like the guy eating his friggin' wife and daughter. That's you yeah, that's like Chris straight Chan out of it. Is that purifies. Chris Chan's already a Wendigo, so he's halfway there. <laughs> oh wait, so how's that? Well, He's, uh, first you do the human sacrifice, then you become a Wendigo, then you say your Shahada. 
Yeah, I thought you had to do the the family member. <laughs> Eating your wife and kid isn't enough. Yeah, Chris Chan. Chris Chan. Oh, I mean, he he ate he bar. Don't wife. get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that qualifies to be a Wendigo. <laughs> Just sorry, that in my book that doesn't quite qualify. That's like bitch Wendigo. He's more it's of like, a drogger, really. Yeah. It's like the lowest class of ghoul. Addicted to cum. These cases of human sacrifice have directed directed to the cult much attention from the police department so that the cult has been forced to pursue many of its activities in secret. The question of sacrifice has led also to serious internal clashes. Rebels against the will of Allah, as they are cached, 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 how do I say that, have left the temple and organized cached. another cached, cached have left oh, the yes. temple and organized oh, another temple of Islam, <laughs> desiring to remain within the framework of the cult, but to avoid human sacrifice. Just <laughs> we got to move that to the top oh, of the list. Motherfuckers are having a hard time comprehending the fucking commandments here. got to put no human <laughs> sacrifice at number one now. Hard to do. The necessity of which, as an expiation of sin, forms one of the most hotly debated subjects among the cult members, which it's like a, that's a very Christian thing. Or you could say like a very like Old Testament thing, having very to brainwashed by Semitic thing. I mean, okay, sure. Buddha boy. <laughs> Persecutions and schisms alike have tended to increase the cultural isolation of the members of this group. The effect of the schisms was selective, leaving within the parent organization those who were bound together by common attitudes and common loyalties. Attacks made on the cult by the police department have been instigated usually by the leaders of Negro organizations. These persecutions have led naturally to a greater solidarity among the cult members and to a, to a constantly increasing isolation of the Muslims from the other residents of the Detroit Negro community. Who likes an arc? It's true. So I think that's all we got about human sacrifice. I can probably cut it there. That can be the deep dive into into yeah. the nation of Islam <laughs> for the week. Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll do the we'll Shit, pick up yeah. hopefully with Doro. I liked it. Yeah, we're trying to get Doro on soon. We gotta have a show where we go over all of our plans for the gathering of the juggalos. That's gotta happen yes. very soon. We're yeah, talking about our fucking our our ten by twenty foot uh, wedding tent. We're getting we got two inflatable sofas, two inflatable recliners. Have sofas on the back of the wedding tent. It's got a big opening in the front, long two ways. Sofas, recliners in the side. Yeah. You can you can picture it. Table in the middle. With the bongs and the shit like that on, you know how it'd be. Get some LED lights around it. We want to get that fucking <laughs> generator. What else? Fucking talking about the boom box. We're gonna have. Oh, excuse me. We're gonna have uh, two fucking bullhorns probably going <laughs> to yell crazy shit at passersby and to try to record something. <laughs> We're going to yell verses from the Quran at Good. Yeah, that actually would be hilarious. Dude, these fucking things can play audiophiles. <laughs> I know, it's a terrible idea. See, that's a really funny idea. Having shit we can play at cops is actually an extremely funny idea. People will love that. Hmm. Because that is the strategy. It's like, how do I, how do we like grow like the content from here? And my, the only thing I can really think of at this point is I'm so fucking shadow banned. Like I have to go viral with something. There's no better way to do that than go to the gathering of the juggalos. So God willing, 
Inshallah. Inshallah. As long as, as I'll be there, as long as uh, I have current. We getting there, dog. We getting you there. And it's the first week of August. Go to jugglogathering.com if you want to meet us at the gathering of the jugglers. We got a bunch of people going. It's gonna yeah. be a, it's gonna be the best time fucking ever. To be totally fucking frank with you. <laughs> So yeah, get your ticket. Fucking reach out to me if you need some help. If you don't know what you're doing, if you want to get in the fucking the prep channel, anything like that, reach out to me if you want to go. Definitely, it's gonna be a blast. <laughs> Hell yeah! Great. So we will catch you next week, motherfuckers. Go to yakobees.com, listen to the podcast, hit that merch tab, patreon.com/slash yakovalive. You want to come hang out in the fucking Discord with the homies? Whoop whoop. Yes, at Skinwalker Gang on Twitter. We're trying that still. And haven't been banned yet. Anything else, boys? Uh, go to CBDX.com. Go Library 97. Uh, CBD. Uh, yeah, my channel, uh, uh, Skinwalker Outdoors. Uh, SP Skinwalker Outdoors. I've got a lot of content filmed. It's just being edited together. And Sick. It'll be up this week at some point. That's awesome. All right. Anything else? No. Any callers? That's it. Finish it. <laughs>